Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
Okay, and uh, I'll try to be brief. Um, the topic is complex, and you know, the last time I came here, uh, and we talked about this on your show, um, I said I don't have a smoking gun. Here's the here's the background. Uh, many YouTubers, uh, the popular ones, just to name a few, uh, Wild Bill for America, Diamond and Silk. Um, there, there's a bunch of them. Um, they actually earn some money. When you watch a YouTube ad, it'll say, skip the ad in 54321. Most people do skip the ad, but not everybody. So if you watch at least 30 seconds of that ad, and the advertiser pays YouTube, and some of that money is shared with the YouTube video channel that put the video up there in the first place. So that's sort of the um, – symbiotic relationship that YouTube has with content providers, and I produce some content, and I noticed this several weeks ago, that oddly some of my videos were, were labeled as not suitable for, at the time it said, all advertisers. Now they say most advertisers. I thought, well, what on earth in my video could possibly warrant um, that label? Well, the, it's a thing here to file an appeal. Well, you can only file an appeal if your video has had a thousand views in the past week, well, that that would not be me, <laughs> but it certainly would be Wild Bill for America. It certainly would be uh, Diamond and Silk. It certainly would be Prager University. Um, and the, the net effect is, is when the YouTube labels it in that fashion, about ninety percent of the revenue shares uh, that YouTube's sharing with you effectively dry up. So, so that's the on the YouTubers. Uh, and of course, many people began to cry wolf, you know, the conspiracy against conservatives. Well, uh, as you know, and I'll repeat this, I'm not a. Uh, YouTube was victimizing liberal channels as well. They are complaining about the same thing. Alex Jones, of course, made a big deal out of this, and he was going to sue YouTube. Never heard any more out of that. Well, I decided to conduct an experiment. Uh, really, I had three goals. One is to get my own YouTube channel noticed. The other would be to show some financial support for the YouTubers that were being victimized. And the third one was an experiment. So I placed a video ad on many of the conservative channels, uh, including the ones I've mentioned, as well as a, about a dozen others. Now, aggregately, we're talking videos that get a hundred to two hundred thousand views per week. Well, you know, a week went by and my ad had never played. So I called them, called YouTube, and you can actually speak to an advertising representative. And the advertising rep said, "Well, your ad campaign is set up correctly, uh, but you just got to give it more time." I said, "Well, I did. That's why I didn't call you four days ago." Uh, but he insisted that I give it more time. I called back in the, a week later and got the same story. So. That's when I last time that we are, were talking. Uh, that's where things were. Is in spite of the fact that these videos have played literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of times, without any advertisement whatsoever, my ad had not been placed. It's as if YouTube had a sign on the door saying, "We reserve the right to refuse service to anybody," and that means you, Mr. Christian Conservative. So I was a little concerned. Uh, but I didn't have a smoking gun, Robert. Well, within a couple of weeks, uh, YouTube fi or finds himself being sued by PragerU, 
Now, PragerU is a very prestigious uh, YouTube channel uh, with speakers including Alan Dershowitz um, and others, uh, very qualified speakers. There's nothing harmful uh, about their videos other than they're conservative. Uh, so if, you're, if you think being conservative is harmful, yeah, they're dangerous. Uh, uh, YouTube, so PragerU <clears throat> brought suit against YouTube. I read their 43-page complaint. Much of it is redundant. If you read the first uh, two or three pages, you've got the gist of it. Uh, they made it clear. Hold on, legally. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, yeah, they're all a bunch of lawyers anyway. Um, in their complaint, they cited that um, other people had downloaded their videos, hijacking them in effect, and uploading them on liberal YouTube channels to mock them, uh, and yet – the same content was on another channel, yet it wasn't labeled as, you know, restricted. Now, PragerU is literally restricted. That's different than demonetized, which I described earlier. Restricted means if it's been, if it's in a school system, you just can't see those videos because it's, you know, filtered uh, by the system admins. So they're they're really upset, uh, and they debunked any possibility of algorithmic false positive because the same content. Uploaded to other channels was not restricted. I thought well, that's interesting. Um, and of course, here I am trying to place advertising on that channel, and I can't get my ad to run because YouTube's well not running. So, um, so then I did the smoking gun trick. I added one more channel to the list of placements. I'd placed Diamond and Silk, Wild Bill for America, PragerU, and a bunch of other conservative channels. Well, I placed it in one more channel, and I'll be darned, Robert. After five or six weeks of not being shown at all, I'm pulling up the page now to get the up-to-the-minute real-time statistic as of right now. And I am – it's a Christian video, by the way. With a Christian message. And when I look at placements, mm-hmm. suddenly, as of November 2nd, <laughs> my ad is being shown literally thousands of times just by adding one channel. The channel I added is no less, no more or less popular than some of the other channels that I have placed. And I have gotten – now, that's total. Let me get – I'm working from a laptop these days. That's another story we won't go into. <laughs> yeah, I got it. What you mean? Okay. 2,593 times on that one channel that I added. Still a bunch of zeros on all the other channels. The channel I added was The Young Turks. Now, if you don't know who the Young Turks are, well, they're flaming liberals. Who they are? Indeed, they are. <laughs> okay. So I've got uh, 2,593 on the Young Turks. On Wild Bill for America, I have zero. On Diamond and Silk, I have zero. Uh, Ray Carmen, a, a Christian minister that, well, he does uh, music videos. He's uh, well known. Um, you know, Sadie Roberts, the, the pastor, Greg Locke. I mean, there's a bunch of conservative channels, but when you add up 
the aggregate followings or subscribers to these channels, they're in the millions. And the views are in the hundreds of thousands per week. So uh, I have forwarded this information to the law firm representing PragerU. I have not heard back from them. I will, I'm a little disappointed because I would, if I were them, I would be very, very eager to get a deposition and get some of this data that I've got. So that's where we stand, and uh, it seems to me there is no other conclusion than YouTube is suppressing the channels that they have targeted, not only from advertisers placing ads, but even if somebody wanted to place an ad um, and specified, I want my ad to run on that channel, I'm unable to get it to run unless the channel I choose is, well, the Young Turks. And that's and that's pretty much how they make their money, isn't it? <laughs> and you, like, uh, what's that? Uh, what's in silk? The, uh, I'm trying to remember their names again. Diamond and silk. Satin and silk. Yeah, I mean Diamond that's that's. I mean, they even were on a couple of the uh, you know the cable shows, you know, a few times. Mm -hmm. No, well, I'm clicking on them right now on their channel. They've got 120,000. I'm sorry, yeah, 120,000 subscribers. And when you look at their videos, uh, the play counts, um, they get on this last video that they released eight hours ago, 4.6 thousand views, uh, 7.4 thousand, 9.9 thousand, 8. So they get, you know, 8,000 views when they do a video. A week ago, they had 14,000 views on a video, 12,000 views. So they're wildly popular. Wild Bill for America is very similar. Uh, he'll get you know, three, four, 5,000 views. Um, so the, these channels that I've chosen, it's inconceivable that um, that somehow, you know, um, people aren't watching them. They are watching. Well, there's uh, I think there you have it. So what would be, I mean, you, you reached out to Prague University. What would it, let's say they don't respond. We hope they do, but, but what if they don't? What do you think would be the next step in, in trying to get the information disseminated out? That's a good question, Robert. Uh, one I have been pondering because um, the the difference here is I I listen to stuff you know on your show and others, and I'll see Twitter, and a lot of what I hear is people expressing an opinion, uh, people expressing their dissatisfaction, uh, and and something that we'll get into a little bit later on. They, they make claims that are simply unsubstantiated and not credible. Uh, so I, I have held my fire because although I certainly had a, you know, it certainly would lead you to believe, but, but there were still alternative explanations. Uh, but now I feel like I've got a smoking gun. So I, that's what I'm looking for. If you're going to make an accusation, I'm trying to give you a segue to your next topic. If you're going to make <laughs> you're an doing accusation well. – <laughs> The burden of proof is on the accuser, so you just can't make an accusation and assume that it's credible. For it to be credible, you need to bring forth evidence, and your testimony isn't a lot of evidence. I've got evidence on YouTube that is – well, it's their data. <laughs> it's not mine. It's their data, and I can find no other conclusion than YouTube is suppressing. They've kind of blacklisted certain channels, and – I'm hearing that the liberal channels are being affected as well, but my initial placement does not seem to substantiate that. 
Yeah, definitely. I guess, you know, maybe even some further research you know, and things of that nature will, will prove it out unless they get one that it's being done. I might kind of tweak things a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I intend to, um, you know, to expand the placements because um, it's a very cheap way to do this. Uh, I mean, this whole campaign has cost me less than $10. In advertising, you only pay about you, the the way you buy it in a YouTube ad is kind of complicated. You place a bid and you place a budget, and you can bid a penny, um, but you might get outbid. I'm not being outbid. These channels are playing videos with no advertising, while I've got an active bid and an active budget, but they won't play it. By the way, my video ad that I ran was also not suitable for all advertisers. But when I su submitted it as an advertisement, a human looked at it and found out. And plus, I was promising to pay money, you know, <laughs> or offering to pay money if they'd run it. Mm -hmm. So that kind of uh, – they must have looked at it through a different lens and found out it wasn't so bad after all. Uh, came out with uh, signed a yearbook while one I think his lawyers actually called him out to see the book test the uh the test of signature see if the signature and I do got a, a question here from Dr. Tolbert on 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 something so let me go ahead and bring him in I do see other callers in we are going to get you in especially uh to ask if you know Mark if they have any questions and also you know what this whole let's 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 go ahead and bring in uh Dr. Tolton show. How are you tonight? Good. You know you're breaking up when you speak, Robert. Well you know what I'm AT and T is my carrier here and they've been having problems and you guys have been you guys have been breaking up as well, uh, with me hearing you. So I, I know there's problems with people even uh are been posting on Facebook and getting messages, things of that nature that uh, sounds like AT&T's having some problems, and it looks like I'll be having to uh, give them a call and tell them to uh, give me some of my money back. I really wish we could get we could get out from underneath these guys, but unfortunately we hurt tones with the service, and now we it's all paid off. Before we could get rid of them, and and, and as an unsatisfied customer of AT&T, if anyone ever is considering. Switching, do not use that company. <laughs> go, go ahead, yeah. Dr. Tolbert. If you'll close about 20 I, or I 25 just, tabs, you'll be okay. I want to address the, the uh, comment that Mark Oh, I didn't even making. think of that either. Yeah. Go ahead, Dr. Tolbert. Yeah, addressing uh, the comment that Mark was making based on the, the relevancy of everything that I do. For an example, when I send articles or emails to Sun Sentinel, Time Magazine, as a no party, I get a response back. Uh, we don't want to hear from you. We don't want you emailing us. We don't want you sending things to us because we don't want to follow anyone that's no party affiliated. So over the years, I continually get this where the newspapers believe they have a right not to take on comments by people that are no party affiliated. And I was running for the Senate or the governor. So now we're going to go back to Mark. Why doesn't Twitter not have a right to deny anybody they want, regardless of the profit 
don't they have a legal right to say they just don't want certain people based on their what they're trying to do? Dr. Poe, uh, I tend to agree at a philosophical level. Uh, I, I think a business should be able uh, to say we reserve the right to refuse service to anybody. However, uh, in the 60s, it was legally um, – <laughs> The law became, no, you can't do that. You can't be open to the public but not open to the public. More recently, uh, a Christian couple who owned a bakery was approached by a homosexual couple to cater their so-called wedding, and they declined, and the full weight of the Federal Department of Justice came upon them. So uh, I, I, even though I kind of disagree with the law, the law needs to be applied fairly. And that's correct, but you know when they changed that a person uh, that is talking as we're going to advertise Republicans and we're not going to give anyone the fair right, the Supreme Court ruled that the news media could choose to do what they wanted to do, which took away all the rights of other individuals, and that's why all your newspapers and everything is slanted. So your mass media, whether it's uh, Lincoln or Twitter or or Facebook, is only going to let that which goes along with their philosophy of socialism. So well, the Christian uh, viewpoints are being undermined. Uh, go to PragerU.com and read their 43-page complaint. Again, after you've read about the first five pages, you've got it because they repeat themselves. And they cite case studies, case law. Uh, and, and they make their legal points there. But philosophically, I believe if you're in business, uh, for example, I've often said you don't have a right to a Twitter account. Um, but think about it in the in the sense of uh, YouTube. Uh, YouTube is not saying that they can't publish their videos. What they're doing is taking yeah. adverse action that, in effect, economically penalizes them. So it's kind of an interesting twist. Yeah, and and I understand that, but isn't that now where we're getting that they're trying to put all of this under federal control? And what would happen if this became under federal control where they were going to dictate that you can or cannot, and then we would lose the ability to run the businesses the way we want, and the people who would want to select YouTube or Twitter can opt not to do that, which would then force those companies out of business, and new companies would emerge that would allow more of that to happen. Again, I agree with you in principle, but if you read the complaint, first of all, it's a civil complaint. It's not a criminal complaint. Uh, And the damages they're seeking are kind of vague. I, you know, I can only speculate, but I assume that PragerU uh, feels like they've been singled out, uh, and I think they're playing this card as a – well, it's part of the poker game to escalate the appeal process and let YouTube know that they're they're taking this seriously. But YouTube is owned by Google, so this is a David and Goliath. And Google is now partnership with Verizon. Uh, yeah, so it, it's a big mix of things, but I just wanted to, like I said, I'm doing some experimentation that has empirical data 
that is supportive of the notion. In fact, it's a little more than supportive now. I can find no other conclusion that YouTube has blacklisted certain channels and are actively – they're denying my right to place an ad on their channel. No different than back in the civil rights days when a you know person of color would walk into a restaurant owned by a white entrepreneur. They would say, we refuse the right to serve anybody, and that includes you. Well, that – we fought that, and it turns out you can't do that. That's the law, and it needs to be applied fairly, whether you agree with the law or not. Isn't that, though, what happened when the Supreme Court ruled against people having a right to voice their opinion when a particular uh, political party was getting free access to radio television and the Supreme Court changed the rules? and said that they had a right to eliminate people like myself or yourself, and isn't that going to take a Supreme Court re-ruling? Well, I would prefer the Supreme Court to stay out this kind of stuff, but here's what I, I get this in my own chat room, Robert. Uh, people will come into a chat room and start posting content that the chat room owner uh, would prefer them not to post. And when you kick them out, they come out and say, what about my First Amendment rights? Well, you don't have any First Amendment rights in my chat room or in my house. You have them out on the street. You can go get your own chat room and say anything you want to. So where where are those boundaries of where your First Amendment rights are exercisable in the public square and in your private right. res- you know, in yeah, now you're going to bring in what we talked about Monday, which was the uh, First Amendment rights of the NFL players who have no First Amendment rights while they're on the field and working for a major corporation. And we did the veteran thing again, that there's a total misinterpretation of when someone does have First Amendment rights. And like you said, under the privacy of your cloak don't have that right and you can eliminate them just as the public does not have to go to NFL games and preclude the NFL players from violating the American flag and coming against our veterans. So there's, there's a two bladed sword there. I get it. You're a wise man, doctor. And we, we, I I was hoping Tom Pastel would come on the show tonight because Tom Pastel who's also military, and I'm a retired master sergeant with a doctor of education and and a pastor, so I kind of fit in all three categories. And when we got into it, we were getting into not only what you're talking about on YouTube and not only what you're talking on the other networks, but we're also talking on mass uh, media and also in sports events. And so I went into the fact, okay, you look at the car races, there's the national anthem, there's the, the saluting of the flag, everybody is doing what they're supposed to do, but you get into the NFL, the owners are allowing uh, the players to go against what the owners can control because there is no First Amendment right for those players on the field. And people don't realize there's a point in time when there is a cutoff when you cannot do it. And Twitter, Lincoln, YouTube or whoever, when they own that company, they can preclude. But going back to the fact, 
during Veterans Day, nobody wanted to attend any NFL games, and the suffering of non-participation by Mm -hmm. the viewers created a large uh, deficit for the owners who now are reconsidering their position. And then you have, there were nine major uh, advertisers and USA um, and, and a whole bunch of the boss and, and a whole bunch of them took the position that they did not understand the constitutionality. They said, even though we don't agree with the players, they had a First Amendment right. Well, that was totally wrong. There was no First Amendment right for them to do what they're doing. So the major well, I would say the people in the stands certainly have a First Amendment right to remain seated. And if I were the coach or the owner, uh, this has been my opinion. This is a management decision because you're part of a team. You don't get to decide right. what shoes you wear as an NFL player. You don't get to decide, decide what color jersey you wear or helmet or sticker thereupon. Uh, so to me, it's a management decision. Then me as a consumer can make my decision about watching or supporting in any other way that team based on the decision they make. So I think the market could handle it. But um, I defend their right to disrespect the flag as much as it makes me sick. But they well, need to they buy don't... a ticket and stand in the, in the, in the grandstands. Well, that's the point, though. Under the uh, rules of the First Amendment, the players don't have a First Amendment right because they're working for the owners of the team. And there were nine cases in the last five years where NFL brought lawsuits and fined players for wearing shoes to uh, mm-hmm. represent and the, uh, the police force or represent the Christian viewpoint or represent the prayers of Christianity or represent the heart of society, and they wore pink or they wore purple, and they all got fined and delayed. But now we're allowing uh, and saying, well, but it's okay to desecrate the American flag, which is constitutionally a requirement that you have to respect and be a honor of the American soldiers because the flag represents your veterans, and that's where people fail to fully comprehend that well, I we thought that was the Supreme Court case that, that actually uh, defended a, a flag burning. You know that that is politic. You know that is not of uh, treasonous or anything else. It's really a, a free speech um, act. As much as I would probably, well, I won't say what I would do. But well, let's um, let's go into the fact that the Supreme Court would probably accept Sharia law. And Sharia law is in violation of our Constitution. So the Supreme Court is no longer valid and taking on the responsibility as required. And if you write the Supreme Court a letter and they will say, well, you can't come directly to us. You have to go to your lower courts. They don't even understand Article 3 of the Constitution where it says I don't have to go to a lower court. I actually go directly to the Supreme Court. So your Supreme Court justices as well as your other court-appointed individuals by Congress has failed to do their job. And we're just getting into that, uh, and and we'll get into Roy Moore later on, because he was a judge removed from the bench because he would not respect the uh, gay community. And they said, well, if you respect the gay community, we'll let you stay 
as a judge, and he says, I will do what it says in the Bible, where he should have said, I will do what it says in the Constitution, which would gave him the right of the First Amendment to make constitutional decisions. And now you have the other aspect, which we'll get in other later, but it was, again, here's a judge that couldn't enforce the Constitution and was moved from office. Mm-hmm. And that was part of you know his defense is he's supporting the Alabama Constitution, which they had passed a constitutional amendment that marriage is one man and one woman. And so exactly, he felt it was his duty. Right. To uh, and he argued that just because a certain case uh, was found in favor, you know, to the contrary, that doesn't constitute law. That that's correct. In the state of Florida, he readily admits that federal law trumps state law. Right. And so what we did, well, see, here's the thing: there is no federal law on marriage, so it falls under the Tenth Amendment, and then the and and under the Tenth Amendment. The state put on their ballot in the state of Florida, marriage is one man and one woman. The Supreme Court then violated the Constitution by passing a new law, which they had no right to do because it took Congress to amend the Constitution what marriage was. And since it was not in the Constitution. And even Congress can't amend the Constitution by itself. No, it takes two-thirds. Right. Well, it takes three-quarters of the states have to ratify that amendment. Right, and and that's where so we they got made it. up the law. Yeah. yeah, and we actually filed a lawsuit against the Supreme Court, and we and we have that letter where we went against the Supreme Court, and we requested everybody file cases against the Supreme Court because and and Congress should have at that point Congress should have voted and removed the members of the Supreme Court for failure to enforce the Constitution, and Congress has the that, power to do it, and they did not do that. So you go well, back to the Obamacare 40, 11 times, you know. Well, as long Obamacare as that, is not Obamacare doesn't fall uh, under uh, the 10th Amendment, and since medical care belongs to the state, and they did mm-hmm. not do post office bill that you can have a post office, they had to do the same thing with medical, and they didn't do it. So everybody says amend Obamacare. Well, we'll have to amend something that's not constitutionally correct. I concur. It's unconstitutional and on its face. I've read the Tenth Amendment and health care in there. Exactly, and that's one of our problems. And, you know, when we filed uh, the suits against, and this all, this all covers what you're talking about. I know a lot of people might think, it's a diversion from what you're saying, what YouTube is doing, and the rights and First Amendment rights and what each, each individual rights are. But what is not fully comprehended is where the Supreme Court and Congress has a responsibility under 17 rules of the executive and congressional branch to oversee certain items within a state. And if that anything beyond those 17, 18 items then that state has a right. And the state of Florida, the governor and the Supreme Court of Florida should have rejected because in the Constitution it says if a state does not accept Supreme Court ruling, the state can reject what the Supreme Court ruled. And the state of Florida, along with Alabama and other states, did not reject it based on the fact that they already had a constitutional 
amendment showing what a marriage was, your governors mm-hmm. and your Supreme Courts of your state failed to do their job. Well, they, they might have felt that their own state amendment was an implied rejection, but you're right. They could have taken that additional step. Yeah, they could have said we don't accept we don't accept the Supreme Court ruling and in the Constitution it gives the power to the state as a sovereign state under a federalism that they had a right that it did not fall under the seventeen articles and it was mm-hmm. part of the Tenth Amendment, so the state could have said we don't accept it. So I'm watching people getting married in the state of Florida. Now what the Supreme Court could have done, they could have said that they can call it a civil union. If two people of the same sex, mm-hmm. which to in a partnership, they can call it a civil union, not using the word marriage, which would fall under the Christian or First Amendment rights of what a church would be, then the Supreme Court could have said, we want every state to put it on their ballot. The states then would have put it on the ballot that marriage is one man, one woman, but a civil union could be same sex which give equal ownership to property when two men or two women are together, and it would then the protection of property between the couples. Well, I, I, I have joint ownership with another male in a, in a partnership, a business partnership, but I think the real battle here wasn't really about marriage or lifestyle. I think the real battle was entitlement, such as survivorship of Social Security's insurable Absolutely. interest, Absolutely. you know, things like that. Where so the real Absolutely. the real issue was money all along. I don't know mm-hmm. of any homosexual as it usually is uh, that is not able to practice their their lifestyle. That it's not about lifestyle. They 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 are no, practicing it's, it's their lifestyle. About, they're not being uh, thrown in jail. Right. And that's why they could have called it a civil union, and they could have put it on the ballots in the 50 states. Does the state want to accept civil unions, which would have given equal partnership to division of property, because many of the gay relationships were ending up in either death of one of the partners, and the family members from the other partner was stepping in uh-huh. and taking the property away from, the, from that particular same-sex partner, because that same-sex partner did not have any legal rights in that state. Yeah. Uh, it's about money. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> I deal, I deal yeah. with a lot it's, of It's all about the money. Follow the money. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's yeah. that mm-hmm. what? And, that, and, that, and again, I wonder if uh, they're getting paid, you know, some of these people for coming out uh, on Roy Moore. But let's go ahead. And I'm going to bring in uh, Cindy, and then I do uh, see as well. Uh, a few other folks to come in. So let's go ahead and bring in Cindy. Uh, thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I, I think you're livid, right? Uh, livid. Hmm. Yeah, that's probably a really good word for it. <laughs> um, so how are all you guys tonight? Can you all hear me? Good. Good. I can hear you. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I, I I don't know if you want to go ahead and and start with this conversation. I guess the first thing. Um, well, did you, unless you have anything you want to add or anything to uh, that, I mean, we can. You know how the show goes, then. I mean, we can go back with well, a couple. Yeah, uh, I. You know, conversation. We want to make comment with their talk about as well. I would like yeah. to comment. Um, now, here's the thing. 
you know, conservatives can do the same thing that they're doing. We can start our own YouTube can- channel. We can start our own Facebook-type, you know, social media thing. Um, but for some reason, um, those who have uh, tried to do those things, tried to start up new, you know, conservative outlets for media and news, they don't seem to be able to get everyone to go get on the ball, you know, get on the program all together at one time. Um, the conservatives have a huge problem with not sticking together, not um, uh, coordinating things, not getting on the same page, co- uh, communicating well together. Um <clears throat> I think we could beat this thing. I think we could, um, you know, start new uh, social medias and and, uh, other medias. But for some reason, um, we don't seem to be able to, you know, because you start one and then everybody kind of dwindles away from it because they can't get everybody on it at the same time. So I don't know what the answer is because it's true. Um there are some things that we don't have a right to stick our nose into. If they say we don't want you on this particular media, then, you know, maybe we can't. But um, the public media, public um, access to public media should be uh, equal, obviously. Um, But when it comes to a private company, a private corporation who has a media outlet or a, you know, a, a blog or anything like that, um, they can say, you know, I don't want your viewpoint here. Um, I I get on HGTV all the time, um, their blog. Um, they can block somebody out if they don't like what they have written on there. Um, Pinterest can take you... You know, you put something on there and pin something on there. They don't want you to pin. They they can uh, take you off. They can take your pin off. There's a lot of um, a lot of that going out there, and a lot of companies have that right. Um, now, TV airwaves, I and radio airwaves, I um, I guess they have been protected under law that uh, you have to have equal access. And so in that um, area, and I don't know, Robert, maybe you can say whether Blog Talk Radio has equal access um, laws It does. Well, I don't know about the laws or anything, but, I mean, they they have regular politics, conservative, liberal, you know. Okay, well, but, like, if they wanted... The FCC regulates traditional radio and television because that is a natural monopoly. You can't have everybody just jamming each other's frequencies. So the FCC has some sovereign dominion and licenses what she was referring to as public radio, which I don't think is exactly, mean, exactly what she meant. No, no we're we're not, right. Right. Yeah, they don't have to follow anything by the FCC. That's how comes a lot of shows, a lot of F-bombs. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but Cindy, and I, I do agree with you, but here's, here's what's problematic. Let's say you went to a movie theater tomorrow night, 
and they said, no, we will not sell you a ticket because you're female. Uh, the prescription for that would not be for you to go open a new theater. You know, I do understand. I do agree with you that the market can control these things, but as a practical matter, uh, opening up a new social media platform um, is is an option. I just don't think it's a very good one. Uh, now, if if YouTube wants to say we're we're a bunch of libtards. And we don't want conservatives here. I think they would perfectly be within their rights to say that. I don't know if it's legal or not, um, but I would respect that. But you can't proclaim, as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube do, to be an open forum for public expression uh, and then engage in suppressive activities. I say you can't. It's hypocrisy. It's, I'm not saying you know, it's illegal. I'm saying it's hypocrisy. But a good court case would be the one filed in Hooters. A man wanted a job at Hooters. He could not get a job because he was male, and they only hire females, and he lost the court case. And Hooters won because they were allowed to run their business the way they wanted, even though it was sexual diverted to the fact it was only female waitresses. So, you know, we I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I would, def I would, in a way, kind of say, okay, then the Boy Scouts can be Boy Scouts. And that's exactly correct. And they could, they can be legally Boy Scouts. And, and they do have a right to do that under the corporation because they are an incorporation. Totally. Under a corporation, you can set your laws. And so what's happening is that they're now, again, violating uh, the laws set under a corporation, which have messed up the entire way we do everything in America because corporations have taken personal identity. Yeah. Well, the yeah. Boy Scouts could have fought what they did. They they didn't want to fight. They they caved. Um, they caved without a fight. Oh, yeah. and so that's why we have what we have. Well, that and you have concern about homosexuality, but when transgender gets introduced to the equation, at that point, I think, I like what Ben Shapiro said, you know, he was challenged saying, where is it written? He said, in the name Boy Scouts. Well, in the name Hooters, that's where it's written that it's women. You know, you got to have Hooters. <laughs> yeah, that's job good analogy, you there, Mark. Have Hooters. Yeah. Well, I've got Hooters. They're just there's no cleavage. Oh come on. But <laughs> then you have you Hooters. Get in. Oh, great. Don't put that out there, Mark. Don't put that out there, Mark. They might try to make Hooters change their name to cleavage. No good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Romney was the one originally behind uh, making the Boy Scouts uh, uh, both genders. And a lot of people don't know how Romney and how other people have tried to take identity away from certain things. And they, we've, we've taken our universities. We've taken a diversification of, of Christianity. Uh, we've taken our major colleges. And everything now have been changed because people are saying there is no legal right for a corporation to self-identify. And we have destroyed the whole basis that we've established America. Well, that's the point. The, the whole thing is, is not really a legal matter at all. It's a spiritual matter because we have completely fallen away from our roots, our spiritual roots, um, and, and and that's where all this problem is arising from. 
Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely, so, because you look at how these universities were all uh, Christian university, and now how the majority of them are turning over to Islam and Muslim and uh, atheism. And, yeah. you know, America is now heading in that same direction that we're watching Venezuela and other countries going. Yeah. And well, we, and we've got a couple other folks. Go ahead, Cindy, and then we're going to get Susan in, no, and then we've okay. got uh, Kelly. Off, we'll get Kelly in. I was getting off subject. I'd rather go back to the Roy Moore subject. <laughs> okay, well, let's go ahead and bring in. Subject. Well, real quick, Dr. Cooper, let's go ahead and bring in. Uh, we've seen other folks in the line. If you'd like to get in, push the one on your number dial, and we will get you into the show. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring in Susan, and then we've got you, Kelly, and, and then if other folks just push that one on your number dial. We'll get you in the show. We've got plenty of time left. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, welcome Susan. Thank you, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I had a bunch of articles on Roy Moore, and we haven't so far gotten there. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, not sure. I really didn't have, I mean, hey, well, why can't I have bring up Roy Moore? I mean, that's fine, too, but bring you in if that's what you want to discuss. Go ahead, that's fine. I want to have men at Hooters if I go there. That's not fair. <laughs> See, I tell you what, well, they got some real. I really, I really like their, their their burgers and their uh, and their buffalo shrimp is really good. But go ahead, Susan. Sure. There's plenty of men here to really believe me. <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm hungry. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Okay. So if we're getting to the Roy Moore thing, uh. You knew that President Bush, uh, ex-president, of course, the older one, he has inappropriately touched six women, and uh, can he be prosecuted for assault accusations? Ah, this has happened more recently. He keeps grabbing butts, I guess, and saying stuff like David Copperfield. Uh, so why are they picking on more? I mean, this is ex-president that making inappropriate, you know, stuff. Um, Well, the the answer to that question, Susan, is simply that they don't want him to be the senator. And when they found out that he was going to represent the Republican Party, neither the president of the United States or other Republicans wanted him. So what they did, they falsified documentations. They paid certain women to represent themselves. And even though more signed uh, classroom documents for multiple number of women using one or two documents of women who allegedly are saying that he was, um, in fact, did things when he was 30 and they were 14. And what we find out as young men in our 30s or 40s, that there is a misrepresentation of the age by people, that people say they're 14, but well, they say they're 18 or 20, when they're really 14, so sometimes people don't even know the age of the person that they're they're talking to. And the falsification of issues against Moore is based on the fact they did not want him uh, part of the gay uh, community. There's some background noise him. somewhere, guys, gals. Uh, I, don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. It sounds like someone's playing Yachty, but anyway, <laughs> we can keep that down. Go ahead, well, I- uh, Dr. Colbert. Yeah, I know they, all that, but they're 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 not really saying too much about 
about Bush, and then, of course, maybe it's because he's ancient and sick. I don't know. Um, and then Joe Biden, former Biden bodyguard. He had to protect women from him. I've seen pictures of him grabbing even Hillary, young gals. I mean, the man is just a wretch. And I also said he walked, pardon me for saying this, I mean, we're not uh, obviously on uh, the night thing. He walked around stark naked a lot. I don't think it was in the White House, at least I'm going to assume that wasn't where. But, um, I, I mean, and then you got Wiener, uh, who did his thing. So they can't just point <laughs> fingers at what? And you saw that Hillary Clinton had documentation showing that Wiener had actually molested young women, and Hillary Clinton did not report uh, what he had done. And then you got Bill Clinton and his violations, who now everybody is trying to respect. But here you have a, a, uh, a judge who's removed for following the Constitution, and now they're trying to stop him from becoming a senator because it goes against the other 99 senators that are against Christianity. Well, yeah, Robert, I wanted, I wanted to, to just say that, that ahead, Bill Mark. Clinton, uh, you know, I talk about smoking guns. The burden of proof is on the accuser. Now, it, when Monica Lewinsky started making these claims about Bill Clinton – I didn't. I didn't side with. You know, I didn't say Bill Clinton's guilty just because he's a Democrat. But when they find his semen on her dress, that's called evidence. Where is the evidence? If this went to court, there's no jury. A grand jury wouldn't even take this trial. You've got forty-year-old, forty years after the fact, verbal testimony that it's it's simply not credible, in my opinion. And I don't care how many voices come up from 40 years ago, and and if I were molested and wanted to report it, I would report it to the police authorities, not to the press. If someone breaks in my house, I don't call the Washington Post. <laughs> right. Well, let me tell well, you look something. Look what happened to Bill Cosby. Why would, why would Hillary report on that when she didn't even report about Biden molesting her? Healing her up, groping her. Maybe she Maybe enjoyed it. Like <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> Maybe she did. Biden, uh, she shouldn't feel special, though. He's girls, little ones, older ones, every form, flavor, and whatever. He's he's there on Johnny on the spot. So, uh, you've got several Democrats that are, you know, and then you got Hollywood bursting out with all these accusations. I don't know. It's all crazy to me. Sex, no, sex. It, I guess it sells. <laughs> yeah. When when and, it, when it, they get through, when they get through the computer identity, you'll find out that uh, Hillary Clinton uh, tendency toward lesbian was greater than toward uh, opposite sex, and that her daughter even admitted uh, many years ago that her mother liked women more than men. Well, she sure liked the guy that, what was it, supposedly committed suicide? Well, the fact uh, that her uh, daughter, not Bill Clinton's, uh, uh, the daughter 
father is not Bill Clinton kind of answers that question. Right, exactly. She didn't really care for Bill, and he didn't care for her. But she had an affair with, what's his bucket, that, you know, supposedly in the park was with him. And, oh, you know what I'm talking about. I can't think of his name right now. I, um, I don't either. So, you know what I'm talking about, though. Actually, I don't. That <laughs> she had a she had a famous, family, like, oh, I don't. I don't. The famous suicide, supposedly, and they rushed to cover everything up, and he didn't commit suicide. That's pretty obvious. He had well, there, so much on him. Right, there were a total so, fifty people committed suicide, and now they're saying that those numbers are over three thousand that have committed suicide that worked for the Clintons. That's crazy. Okay. Well, all right. You know, I can't think of it from 3,000, but he was at the White House, as well as being in their home state. So um, that was that was a very, well, who knows? They killed Seth Richardson, I believe, too. Yeah, I, I, I think that, yeah, I agree with that one. So I think there's a number of people. I mean, I think that, and this has nothing really to do with Hillary Clinton, I mean, I still think uh, Scalia was murdered. I really do. Oh, I agree. And and we can go back and show that Obama was there in a meeting one hour before his death in Texas. Yeah, it just seemed kind of fishy. But, yeah, let's still go, get off top of you. Let's go ahead and bring in uh, uh, Kelly. And then, you know, it's the top of the hour. So we've got a couple hours on these topics and uh you know, we'll, we'll we'll get these things out on on here, and then I've got a couple. Of, we may or may not get to the articles. If not, I'll be posting them on uh, the Bard's Logic Global Talk uh, Facebook page, where you can you can find them. And some of these articles you can find on the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, a couple questions to pose is: Let's say scenarios to think about for later on in the conversation tonight is: Let's say that Roy Moore. And, and the polls are fluctuating depending on who you're talking to. I mean, you know, I think the people who want to believe a certain way, whether he can get elected or he's not going to get elected, I think they're coming out. I really do think they're coming out with their own polls. Like, I think there's, like, the, the Senate committee poll is saying, oh, my gosh, now he's losing by, like, 12 points. But then you have AL.com or something like that poll saying he's up by 6 or 12 points. You know, so, you know, it's all over the place on whether he's going to win. But let's say he does win. Let's say – I was going to make an unintended pun, so I'm going to change what I was going to say. Let's say uh, Roy Moore gets elected, okay? And let's say, and then, of course, you've already heard by Ryan. You all heard by Mitch McConnell. And, again, uh, in my opinion, at least, the establishment, the uh, what someone called, I wouldn't call them the deep state, but, you know, I would say uh, definitely establishment, maybe even globalist uh, Republicans out there. I mean, again, they're showing who they are. I mean, it's, and it's really the same face, the same names. And, of course, you got McConnell, you got McCain, you know, you got Paul Ryan. I mean, those three, the, the, the swamp needs to be clean, you know, and those would be the guys to go. But anyway, is the point is let, there, there's talk, of course, about unseating him. And so, of course, then you got the governor who can put, uh, you know, a replacement in, at least until they have another special election. But the one thing to think about is let's say they do unseat Roy Moore. Well, actually. By all accounts, most people think that, yes, Roy Moore is conservative. And what's the chance they do, if he does get elected, and if they do unseat him, what's the chances of 
uh, a conservative getting in that seat. So let's think about that. Uh, but let's go ahead and, you know, but of course we got the other things we'll talk about on whether the, you know, the, the, the yearbook, I know there's a, a call by his lawyer uh, for the yearbook to be put in its uh, evidence so they can actually look to see if uh, the same, the, sign- the signatures match. Because some are saying, you know, that's BS and it could be fabricated. And remember, I was saying the beginning about Trump, and, and not so much about Roy Moore, but I'm telling you, there were, I mean, people are going to just making stuff up to, to try to get these guys, you know, out or, or to stall them or, or stop them. But let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. Glad to hear everybody tonight. Um I got to start out for the record. We were just talking about suicide. And uh, for the record, let it be known, I have no intention of climbing to the top of a 30-story building, stabbing myself three times, shooting myself twice, and then jumping off and committing suicide. <laughs> no, I guess that's what happened to the, the supposedly what happened to the guy uh, Susan was talking about. <laughs> You all know Bill him. Foster. You all know him. I just yes. You all know him. Yeah. I, I mean, these these people that work for Hillary Clinton are absolutely amazing, acrobatic something. I mean, they could stab themselves multiple times, shoot themselves, and then jump off the thirty-story building. I I just I am so amazed. <laughs> anyway. oh, he was like, <laughs> and they died of a heart attack on the way down. <laughs> and, yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And course. that's what got him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, well, I you know I hope uh, our our uh, audience here and our our guests are going to be nice to the lesbians because and, and speak with a respectful tone because well I got to come out of the closet I'm I'm a lesbian I love I just I love women I like thinking about them teasing them being around them kissing them touching them I'm a lesbian. Hmm. hmm. Anyway, I think I'm going to come out too, very... but I'll stay in my closet. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I, hopefully, I've said that in a very deep, manly voice. Um, okay, oh, yeah. so I got to tell you about a local. Yes, I got to tell you about a local funny that happened yesterday. It's just there's a couple funnies of recent Siskiyou County, but <clears throat> I was in court yesterday over a fix-it ticket thing. Just needed an extension, and then I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Blah 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 blah. You know, um, we have a new judge. He's actually a commissioner. Appointed, not elected yet, but that's the way it happens when there's a vacancy. You appoint in California commissioner, and he's hearing all these traffic cases. And I'm I'm watching this guy, and some people want a trial. Okay, let's set for trial then. You want it for the 19th of the 22nd, or you want to go over into January? The 26th of December just happens to be the day after Christmas, and it would be at 8.15 a.m. I'm like, dude, are you serious? You're going to hold court the day after Christmas? I mean, I didn't say that out loud. And another case comes up. Well, you could have it the day after Christmas at 8.15. I mean, the obvious is if the officer doesn't show up, your case is dismissed. And so this other lady, a uh, little, little about an arm's reach over, we're looking at each other. And we're just about busting up laughing because we know that the commissioner used to be a defense. And uh, so finally this girl from Ashland, she got a speeding ticket. Um, I mean, he he gets really overtly subtle in the sense that don't you get it? He's just don't you get it? So this girl's like, 
So I have a trial and he doesn't show up. Does that mean my case is dismissed? That is correct, uh, young lady. So you could have the trial on 26th, the day after Christmas at 8.15. <laughs> and I was like, I'm looking at this lady like, this is a free pass. This is not like, going to show up the day after Christmas. Right. <laughs> Everything's all good. Right. The judge has given several of these people a get-out-of-jail-free card. I, after about about the fourth one of these, That's your I'm, I'm whispering, Bert, that's your Christmas present. Well, I was uh, from the back. I go, and I, I know this guy. He's an attorney. I see him around town talking a little bit. So I whisper loudly from the back, take the 26. Take the 26. <laughs> and people are looking at me. I'm like, you know. Oh, it was hilarious when a uh, <clears throat> defense attorney becomes the judge. But anyway, oh, and there's another local funny, too. It uh, has to do with marijuana and marijuana raids. 28,000 marijuana plants were seized on private property and uh and street value of three point three hundred and thirty three million in Siskiyou County. Holy moly. And then uh and then uh on federal lands, which is most of the county, it was like one point one billion in street value marijuana sees. But that's not what amazes that is not what amazes me. What amazes me, it's so amazing how a big law enforcement team put together and they always always harvest at the peak of ripeness. It's just so amazing how they do that. <laughs> right the peak of what ripeness. do you do with all that marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> well, you freaking... What do they do with all of it? They make it sit out of this bonfire and stand next to it. <laughs> well, that might have been in you know, a movie it, somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know. It's, well, it's just so amazing how they, right at the peak of ripeness, now, if they were to burn it, all in one day, and I reek of the whole town gets down. Always this time of the year. So anyway, okay, <clears throat> some issues. Um, okay, we talk about. Uh, I, I try to be amusing when I come on, but anyway, so some issues about you know this gay cake thing or not, or yes, you can. No, you can't deny services if you're a private. Well, let's start out with a simple premise. If in your if you're in my house and you want to exercise your free right of free speech, <laughs> that's fine. And I'm gonna I'm gonna exercise uh, my right of the boot, <laughs> and don't let the door slam you in the behind on your way out. So you know, obviously, private property, not commercial. Just you know, sure, get out. You say whatever you want, but I'm gonna kick your ass out. So okay, I mean that's kind of a logical thing. Um, and then we go into things like. Uh, Twitter and YouTube and all these things. Well, they are private companies, and they do have you sign a contract that is, um, hey, we're going to remove material just because we don't like it. And people sign those contracts because they don't read them in full. So, yeah, at the same time. That's something I want to see change because I read those damn things, and I pretty much try to read them from front to, to start to finish. You know, before I click, you know, I do agree or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you know you have to do it. You have to agree because you can't use the service unless you agree to all of it. But it's like, they're so damn long. I mean, people scroll. Heck, I even scroll. But they're so damn long. I think there needs to be a law that makes them shorten those darn things so you can actually read all of it. Go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> Robert, I did a, a oh, YouTube yeah. uh, video on this oh. concept, and it's called I Have Read, Understood, and Agree. 
Well, there, there's three basic problems with that legal concept. First of all, you didn't read it. Number two, if you did read it, you didn't understand it. Number three, if you did understand <laughs> it, you would have agreed to it. But other than that, I've read, understood, and agreed. Uh, by the way, a mortgage is the same way. If you actually read a mortgage, you would never sign it. Right. Well, here's right. Well, here's here's one of the things you can contract away your constitutional rights. You can do that. And uh, I mean, of course, unless somebody wants to do an illegal activity upon you. But there are, you know, do you waive your do you waive your rights? Time? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't waive any of my rights. Let's just get through this, you know. But anyway, um, so. There is Hale versus Henkel is a landmark case that basically says the individual's right to contract is unlimited. However, corporations have certain uh, restrictions that we don't as as uh, private citizens. So you start to get into the other side of this argument, which I'm not trying to complicate things, and I'm not gonna, I don't want to sound double-minded, but I'm trying to explain that there are two sides of this argument. You know, yes, YouTube, you find an agreement, you find away your rights, and they can shut you down just because they have gas on their stomach. That's one side of the argument. The other side of the argument is, well, it just so happens they're a monopoly and a corporation that the federal government can regulate. The Sherman Antitrust Act, um, uh, what President Taft, Taft really worked hard to get that passed. That's why a lot of corporations got busted up and the trust busters and all that stuff, which was actually good for the country with with um, breaking up monopolies. So you've got that side of the argument is, well, they are a uh, monopoly and they are a corporation, and yet you sign an agreement with this entity, and then people are going to say, well, I have the right to free speech, and then YouTube could say we're also the press. So we have the freedom of the press here, and the freedom of the press includes not publishing any story we don't want to. So it's going to be an interesting court case. Uh, Roger Stone and others um, will be happening all over the country enough to get the attention of the Supreme Court. And then they're going to have this big, long, blah, 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 blah discussion about it. And then they'll have uh, the ruling. And who knows what it's going to be? And who knows what judges are going to be? Because it's going to take a few years to get these cases in front of the Supreme Court unless certiorari is granted. And let's see, yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to find out what their arguments are going to be. And at the same time they're gonna probably have to look at case law about the gay wedding cake situations and the whole thing. I mean it's gonna be an interesting I, I it's to me I, I'm not sure how it's gonna be, but I don't I don't accept the arguments from individuals that say, well, they took my post down on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. Well, they can't do that. No, that's not how the court's going to think. You have to find a valid reason that it might be the only legitimate outlet, and therefore they have to stop censoring people. If they're having political bias, okay, well, that's not good either. So it's going to be an interesting because you're going to you're going to hear both sides of this when YouTube and other uh internet ent- entities get sued over this 
it's going to be uh, – I'm not – I'm not sure I even want to guess what the result's going to come, unless we get a new, a couple more Supreme Court judges. Which, if they're conservative, they could actually go more for the Constitution and may allow YouTube to do whatever they want. And one of the arguments might be, well, you know, other there are other YouTube channels coming up. Why don't you go there? You know, well, well it, I think good. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's. Uh, I'm, it's going to be an interesting one. That's about all I have to say on that matter. Well, whether they can, and then we can get, move more to the rule more, but uh, just, okay. But anyway, I was just looking at something. You know, the point on that is, is whether they could do it legally or not, the very fact that they're doing it, you know, and it, and if it exposes them to doing it, I mean, it, it could really hurt them because, I mean, this country, I would say, is almost, Uh-oh. Robert, we lost you. One, two, three, Robert. Anybody else hear me? Hello, hello. I hear you, Kelly. Can you hear me? Okay, Robert uh, seemed to. He's got AT&T. Yeah, we lost Robert. Yeah, Yeah. which, by the way, the AT&T uh, got busted up a little bit many years ago. Microsoft, Bill, uh, Bill Clinton... Uh, Mr. Chocolate Covered Cherries guy, um, he he uh, uh, went after uh, Microsoft and busted them up to some degree, probably because they didn't obey what Bill Clinton wanted. It's kind of rare these days to have a Sherman Antitrust Act or breaking up a corporation, but it happened there. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting, and even you know the Justice Department might fully get involved for arguing to, to bust up uh, YouTube or who knows what will happen. It's just going to be, I, yeah, it's just kind of mind blowing, but anyway, Robert, are you back? No, I just sent him a text message and he's not responding to that yet either. So I, can I talk about Roy Moore for a second and can the Senate actually remove him if he gets elected? Well, yeah, the Senate can remove anybody, any other members. Um, well, there were, I believe 15 cases, there were 15 cases where they attempted, and there were only five that they actually accomplished it. And the question is, uh, are they actually setting this up because they want to remove him because of his viewpoint? And is or are they trying to prevent it? Because right now the Republicans are sponsoring a write-in candidate to go against more rather than a Republican. Wow. Wow. Well, well if, if the Senate did, on the one hand, I do feel like the Senate should be able to remove a member of its own. I also believe that the president should be able to be impeached. But I would add the phrase with cause, because if the Senate can arbitrarily as Kelly would say, we woke up with gas on our stomach this morning. Uh, well, that is, in effect, dis- disenfranchising the people of Alabama. And, well, and if, 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 by the way, I, I can almost predict if they were to remove Roy Moore from the Senate and held a special election, I can almost assure you one of the candidates would be Roy Moore. Well, here's yeah. here's the situation. Well, that's that's an interesting quagmire there, but it is clear in the well, Constitution each, each house, 
Yeah, each house has the power to remove one of its own members. Now, when a member is removed, there is no appeal. So if you get voted out by the Senate within itself, if you get removed by the Senate, you don't have an appeal to the Supreme Court or the executive. You can't get a presidential pardon. The only appeal you have is to go back and get reelected. Now, that's an interesting well, scenario that you just brought up. That Roy Moore was removed from office the first time, uh, and he ran for the very seat he was removed from, and the people of Alabama voted him back in as chief justice for the state of Alabama after he had been wow. removed. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. That's a historic. That's a fact. How, what what body government body removed him? It was. Uh, gosh, I've got the YouTube videos. It, it was um, the state. He was the state Supreme Court did it. Was it the state or federal? But no, either it, way, he was, it, he was he was removed from office by process. Okay, by right. due process. Um. And he was he ran for chief justice of Alabama for the ne- at the next election or the one after that, and the people of Alabama voted him back in. Oh wow! Yeah, that was state level, not at the federal level. Correct. So, so either the that's why Alabama I'm saying, or, don't be surprised. <laughs> so so either the Alabama Constitution had a provision where. A, he could be removed by impeachment of the House and the Alabama Senate, or the other mechanism of removal allowed in the Constitution was by the Supreme Court itself. Or the third option is the federal government gets involved, but it sounds like it was a state issue, so we're back to one of those two mechanisms. I'd have to look at the Alabama Constitution in this situation, but he got voted back in again. Once he got back in, he came under fire because he put out a memo to the probate courts that in spite of the Supreme Court ruling that was not law and the Constitution of Alabama was still in effect. Uh, basically, he, I don't know if he said it outright, but he basically was saying to them, don't issue any same-sex marriage um, marriage licenses. Well, he actually – they tried to remove him from office, but that would require a unanimous vote. They didn't have the votes, so they invented um, to suspend him from office without pay. He couldn't even get back in his own office, doesn't get paid, and there is no – there was no provision for that. So he resigned himself from that office so that he could run for Senate. But he was already right. suspended, which there was, there was no there was no legal statutory basis for that. None. They invented it. Who suspended the, the state legislature, or was it the was it the? Supreme I think Court? that was done by the state. I think the the case on the on the Ten Commandments. I'm pretty sure that was federal, but I, I won't I won't go. You know, I don't know that, but. Um, but either way, don't be surprised if the Senate should remove him from the Senate that he won't run for the very office to get right back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there you go, and I'm back. Then. And don't be surprised uh, if the people of Alabama vote him right back in. I know, Robert, I think he's, uh, I think, Yeah, I was able to get back. Uh, as I was saying, uh, my carrier is having some problems. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I think he's still got a. I think he's still got a shot at coming in, unless some kind of 
uh, big hoopla, you know, and 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 I, uh, and I don't even know if even if Hannity fully withdraws his support. Now, to my understanding, he's not getting any support from the Alabama Republican Party. I mean, they're withdrawing any type of funding or anything. I mean, how he can continue without that much funding, I don't know. But uh, I mean, it's only December 12th, not that far away. Well, month. He won without any funding from that out. I mean, he was outfunded. Um, Thirty That's million true. dollars to half a million in the primary, and that's why right. they're coming after him because they're pissed off. They spent all that money and didn't get, <laughs> and he still got elected. Yeah, what they're going to do now though is they're going to put an independent candidate up and they're going to fund it under the Republican Party, but it's going to be a Republican split the vote. that's going to claim, yeah, and they're going to claim that it is, and they're going to split the vote so more can't win. Mm-hmm. So that's and they that, don't and that's, to the, that's to the Republicans' own detriment. I mean, they're going to lose the they, Alabama. Hopefully, Alabama voters can see past that because I'm telling you what. I mean, it's going to. I mean, even just one vote in the Senate can, can, can you know, you know, can flip the balance there, and that's just going to be ridiculous. It really is. I mean, just like, and we're not going to talk a lot about this about about Virginia and everyone saying, oh, that's a. Uh, a referendum on Trump. I, I don't. That, as I said, that's a uh, that's a story for a different time. But but anyway, I don't want to digress on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, I think he's still, still. But here's the thing: is I think what really needs to happen is his lawyer who is looking into the. I mean, I think the most damning evidence, and, and, and Cindy, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Um, I think the most da- uh, damning evidence. Is uh, that yearbook so far? Now, perhaps if they can, uh, you know, prove that the signatures weren't right, or you know, somehow do some kind of CSI thing on it to say, hey, look, this ink is only a couple weeks old, you know, <laughs> something like that nature, you know, on the paper. I mean, I think that right now is the most damning evidence against him is that, and even what he said. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't even think it was. That bad, perhaps per se, but I don't know, Cindy. What do you think? Oh, it's back to me finally. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to drag you back in here. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I actually I haven't even been here for the last uh, I guess ten or fifteen minutes. Somebody called me from out in Colorado, and I thought I'd better take that call. So I don't really know what you guys have said yet, but if I could just tell you now what I've been, um, you know, researching and trying to figure out, that would be great. First of all, certainly go ahead. And we, uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking some on that, but definitely other topics. Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, this is a um, obvious rhino attack. It's, it's a never trumper attack and they probably have help from the democrats and their propaganda arm uh the drive by media and their never ending supply of brainless bimbos who would say or do anything for cash or favors and um uh we got all those senators who have you know um asked him to set, step down Lindsey Graham, Mitch Connell, um, John McCain, Orrin Hatch, Connell, oh, yeah, same Graham. Name, same face, okay. okay, 
all these guys, you're all talking about a bunch of rhinos who were extremely um, invested in the strange campaign, tens of millions of dollars invested in the strange campaign. They are in the same psychological boat as Hillary Clinton and her campaign right now because they absolutely expected to win, and they didn't. And those people don't get mad. They get even. And so what we have is a um, an, an, an opportunity for them that they have come up with to um, get rid of their little problem. And you can bet that those rhinos would much rather deal with a Democrat. They would much rather um, agree with a Democrat platform than a conservative Republican platform. And so they are just as happy as they can be um, about letting a Democrat win there. There's There's only one group of people that Democrats hate worse than Republicans. I mean, there's only one group of people that Republicans don't like more than Democrats, and that is conservative Republicans. So, hey, Cindy, I've got um, a question for you. Well, Cindy, did, did, did you say rhinos or winos? <laughs> well, they're all winos. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what they are, they're, they're winos. <laughs> But anyway, um, uh, let me just go back here. Um, to to Moore's. Yeah, um, Go ahead. Moore's Moore's past. Okay. Here's the question: we, the whole question we're supposed to be asking in general is Roy Roy Moore was involved in several controversial campaigns over his. Com- career, he was never accused of any of these sexual allegations. Why now? Why this campaign? He campaigned as a Democrat at least twice um, in Alabama for circuit court elections, 82, 87. Okay? These were bitter elections um, where Moore was accusing people of things. Um, uh, um, One case was um, where he char- charged that somebody was delaying court cases in exchange for payoffs, and uh, there was some other stuff. Um, there was one where he convened a grand jury to examine uh, a funding shortage in the sh- sheriff's office. So, you know, there was no shortage of um, c- controversy from the very beginning of his his. Um, Career, however, um, I mean, you look at '92. Uh, the Democrats asked him to replace the, the circuit court judge that died, and all of a sudden, he puts the Ten Commandments on the courtroom, and now uh, he's got a whole new set of problems. Um, but he's got a clue. He's finally gotten a clue, and he runs as a Republican in the 94 uh, election uh, for for circuit judge. 
wins 62% of the vote, wins hands down, and he was the first countywide Republican to win since the Reconstruction. And for those of y'all that don't know when that was, it was somewhere in the late 1800s. So Moore fires up this terrific controversy about the Ten Commandments. He was also opening his sessions with prayer. And now we have the ACLU lawsuit comes in, draws nationwide attention. Still, no sexual accusations. He wins another landslide victory in his next circuit court election. No accusations. Then he runs for Alabama um, governor. Hang on. Okay, he votes. He he runs for governor in 2006, and he takes on his his platform <laughs> was to take on the Alabama. Um, hang on, I can't find my information here. I'm trying to go by memory. Hang on. Okay, he tries to take on the legislature says that he he runs on the platform that he wants the legislature to only meet once every other year and he wants term uh, he wants term uh, limits and he wants them to stop double dipping in other words he doesn't want them to be able to have both legislative duties and duties as a state employee in some other position well you know you can imagine they don't like that but there's still no sexual allegations. 2012, he runs again for the Supreme Court position and wins again. He's back on the bench. Now he gets involved with the same-sex marriage people, and he doesn't recognize the ruling of the federal court allowing same-sex marriages. So in 2016, he's charged with more ethics violations. violations. All of these have to do with his refusal to accept unconstitutional um, rulings by federal judges, okay, but still no sexual ac- accusations. So then we get to 2017, and he's just rubbed McConnell's nose in his $10 million state campaign for Rhino Elite candidate um, Strange, who absolutely would have been controlled by the establishment, would have voted exactly like McConnell wanted him to vote every time. Well, that loss was very embarrassing for McConnell. Now he wants to get rid of Roy Moore at any cost. That means the rhinos that I mentioned above, remember, feel more comfortable working Mm -hmm. with a Democrat and trusting that they'll be on their page rather than a conservative who has a history of draining swamps, or at least the attempt of it. He never really got a whole lot done. So... That, folks, is the political motivation by trotting out five bimbos. And if if this last bimbo doesn't work, they'll find or pay for another one until he's out. Right now, Moore is still ahead in the polls by about 6%. And from what we know about polls, it's probably more likely 12%. But basically, the 
Alabama GOP has stayed on his uh, side. They are they just um, made a proclamation of support for him. Um, so this is going to ratchet up the establishment's war against the Bannon agenda. The fight is only just beginning for 2018, so we need to expect more of this to come. And you can bet that millions and millions of dollars are being spent every single day to dig up dirt or invent dirt on every candidate that Bandon supports. Now, think about it. When, If they had trotted out those bimbos before or without previous allegations against these Hollywood perverts, okay, would this story have gone anywhere? Would anyone have believed that a guy who spent his entire life fighting corruption and weathering every storm against him would be guilty of the stuff that Nelson accused him of? No, I don't think so. I believe it was a wide, wide, wide scope, devious plan to make something stick that normally wouldn't have gotten two minutes worth of press unless the public was prepared for believing it. Um, So now the public thinks, you know, it will believe anything of anyone in power, okay? It's either that was created as a setup for this and this was the big delivery or it was just the establishment congressman using a page from Rules for Radicals. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Either way, since I don't trust these guys Father Night Throne, I choose to believe the Roy Moore that I know about from his past behavior um, because this man has uh, a past and, and a record that just screams, um, I am a, a moral man and I live the way I, I talk. But now... I don't know if you guys have been through the bimbos. Have you guys been through the bimbos? Uh, no, we haven't talked about them at length. Uh, and real well, quick before you go, uh, just... before you go there, just real quick, Cindy, I just want to make uh, the people's attention is that and Mark and I thank you, thank you very much, Mark, appreciate it. And uh, Jim, I do see you want to get in, uh, so we'll get you in as well. John, you too, uh, and anyone else you'd like to call in, you'll you'll need to call in within the next 25 minutes. Uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428, and I'll get you into the show, and uh, we'll uh, continue on there. But also, I want to thank uh, thank you, Mark, for sending me that link uh, in the uh, in the chat, and I posted it on the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. I think you might have sent it, was it twice? I don't know. I, I've got one of them, uh, the links. And I think there might be another one. That's the same second. Okay. And I'm looking at these, and, and, and folks, while you're listening to us, if you want to go to that, uh, to the Bard's Logic Cloak Talks uh, page there on Facebook, uh, you'll be able to see these links uh, that I've got there um, while, while you're listening in. And I, I mean, I'm looking at the, and I, I'm not a handwriting expert by no stretch of the imagination. Okay. Um, but if you look at the two, the, the signature uh, there, where it's you know enlarged, is, is I th- the I think the letters to to look the most at are the O's. Check it, check it, take a look at the O's uh, and how different they are. And also, I would look at the uh, the sevens. 
uh, the, the sevens in 1977, and then we put 12-22-77 uh, uh, on there. So th- those are the ones that kind of stand out the most uh, to me. Is, a, is You Robert. can see where, where the starting point to an O would be uh, in one instance, where the, the, where the start of the O seemed to be, uh, and where it starts love Roy Moore, uh, that part. Okay, Robert, well, you're, you're talking about Bimbo number five. You're talking about Bimbo number five, Beverly Young of... Nelson. And, right. she, and she was 16 at the time. And she met, she uh, allegedly. Oh, real real quick, before, real quick, Cindy Mark, what was it? What was it? Because it's his. He sent me the link with that pic. What, what did anyone add on that? If this is evidence of sexual transgression. Are you kidding me? Forget the yeah. forensics on the writing, the handwriting. Yeah. The text of what it says here is innocuous. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. This is not evidence that he had his hand on her panties. <laughs> Come on. Right. Well, no, no, I would agree okay. with that too. <laughs> the the I think that she was using the text of the um the yearbook entry or signature as more of a trying to connect herself with him in a personal way so that it would lend uh, credibility to her story. But here's the problem. Um, first of all, it, it only wishes her a Merry Christmas. It says, to a sweeter, more beautiful girl, I could not say Merry Christmas to. Um, um, and then it says, Hang on, where'd it go? I lost it. Okay. Yeah, that was written in black ink, and the other one was written in blue ink, so they're actually showing it's two different right. inks written on exactly. that document. And the one, the one, the original one, the original one says, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with my stupid computer? <laughs> I can't get it to go where I want it. It said that in 1977. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it said. <laughs> Couldn't get her computer All right. to work. Sorry, Pan. No. Okay. It says. Okay. It says to a, the the original one in the black writing, the black ink, says to a sweeter, more beautiful girl. I could not say Merry Christmas. Christmas 1977. Love, Roy. There is no last name there. It's just Christmas 77. Love, Roy. Well, first of all, boy, if that's sexual harassment, I agree with Mark. We'd better just castrate all American males and get done with it because we're, they're apparently all sexual predators. So anyway, would second you of ca- all, would you would you castrate uh, lesbian males? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that's great, Kelly. So what if I'm, I'm offended by your binary uh, reference to gender. Uh, there are sixty-seven okay. genders. <laughs> By the way, Cindy, you, you, I, I, you trust people a lot more than I do. I mean, you said you wouldn't trust them further than you could throw them. Well, my policy is I was not trust these politicians further than I can I'd throw them off a cliff. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so anyway, the second thing is that you need to notice the screenshot of the yearbook entry shows um, – the Christmas greeting in one color ink and the, and then it's signed Roy. And then the other one is written in another ink. Um, hmm. And only Moore's last name is there with DA after it. And if you assume that means district attorney, that would be wrong because he was never district attorney. He was only assistant district, district attorney. Okay. And be the Moore part, 
more part is added in a different ink after the Roy part, okay? And then after that, it reiterates 1222.77, and then it puts Old Hickory House, which is the name of the restaurant where he's supposed to have attacked her in the parking lot. Okay, so you believe, you, you, you believe okay, first of all, that he wrote his name and message in one ink, and then he, I don't know, is pen rat ink, and he starts, Again, and he put yeah, and you, his last which name. you would be forget, able to see because forget. it would be faded as as the writing went on. Right, right, and then he's and then and he they switch from cursive to, to uh, to printing. <laughs> and then he has, and then in the same other ink, he writes the name of the restaurant. Why would he write the restaurant? Why wouldn't the heck the, would he the write the, the name of the restaurant? Is not what, what cursive is, as is the rest of it, except right. DA. He switches uh-huh. to okay, right, and. Not only that, but the restaurant doesn't even exist now, so we can't even find out whether she actually worked there or not, okay? Um, and why would he send, sign DA after his name? He's not a DA. He was an assistant. And it just looks like someone's trying to forge his signature. There's just too many um, uh, variables there, Um but that's that's not the only problem with this um this lady um yeah that you know if you want to go with that but uh this Nelson woman she was actually employed as a sign language interpreter for several democrats during their campaign including Hillary Clinton okay she had an established relationship with democrats um so, and, and we're supposed to believe that what she said was not political. Um, and, I and her, somewhere did you see the video of her stepson uh, saying he don't believe her? Yes. Yes, I did okay. see that. And, and here's another I have thing. the audio. It's 15 did minutes for anybody wants, if you guys want to hear it. But go ahead. Okay. Did you guys know that that Gloria Allred that is representing her also represented the woman who accused um, Herman Cain? Of sexual harassment, and I read well, that somewhere about as soon that. as he walked, dropped out of the race. Uh huh. And so um, I I started I went back and I looked at the press conferences of both and compared them. The first thing you notice is both of them have the same representative lawyer, Gloria Allred. Both of them are attacked in a parking lot in a car. Both of them claim that the attacker grabbed their head and brought it towards her crotch. Both hmm. of them claim that she, both of them claim that she told her boyfriend and another person or another family member, but told them no. Well, let me tell you something. Some big dad died. I kick his ass. Go ahead. Sonny. I'm sorry. She she also implied <laughs> that she they both of them um, uh, implied that they were conservatives by saying they went to. One of them said they went to a Tea Party rally. The other one, Nelson, claims to have supported Trump. Both her and her husband say they supported Trump. She never claimed that she voted for Trump because that can actually be checked. But anyway, they both say mm-hmm. they would. I'd like to see, I'd like to see their social media posts where they actually did support Trump. But anyway, both women claim that uh, the men had power over them. Both women had 
Gloria right in their ear and pawing all over them while they were giving their press conferences. Both claimed that they decided to come forward because of the courage of others that had come out before them. Both claimed that they had come forward because they wanted to show support or solidarity with other women who may have been abused by that person. Both spoke accusatory remarks directly to the accused man. One of the one said, I want more to know that he no longer has power over me and I no longer live in fear of him. The other one said, I want you to admit what you did, make this right so the country can move forward. If that doesn't sound like a political motivation, I don't know what does. But anyway, both of them talked about fear of retaliation if they came forward. Now, doesn't that mean that these women are coming out from behind the shield of uh, Hollywood women and uh, that they have provided and, and they're just somehow getting this courage? Um, what, I'm, what, what, I'm, what I'm seeing here is that the same story is being used against Roy Moore as was used, formulated, made up, and used against Kane. Herman Cain. Okay, I, I fully believe that this was totally politically motivated, and it's totally um, refabricated from an old story. So um, I think that's a huge uh, thing to to um, to consider. Well, and of course, you know, you know Cindy. You know, you know, Cindy. The the problem with attorneys, it's uh, the ninety percent that make the ten percent look bad. <laughs> <laughs> and let's go ahead. Uh, look, we, we've got we've got more callers who'd like to chime in, and I do see each one of you. We are going to get you all in. We've, we've got another hour and fifth, well, about an hour, and then before closing things off, and we definitely get everybody in. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and bring in Jim, uh, and then we've got John again, and I've got uh, some call screening I'm going to do here, get some people in the green room, uh, but we will get you on the show. There's still plenty of time, uh, and let's go ahead and welcome Jim. Thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you? And, of course, folks, remember, uh, all these shows are podcasts, so uh, the link to you to come in tonight. You can also uh, share with your friends to uh, listen into the show, uh, to the recorded uh, version of it. And uh, have them share it out. Appreciate it. But thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, Robert. I had a one of my uncles died. Uh, that was we were uh, my cl- close to. And oh, thank you. I, I got back a little while ago. Sorry, I wasn't in earlier. <laughs> I, I can't stay on for too long because I got got to go on another show uh, and as well as get some things done. But I did want to just add this, and I hope I'm not repeating because you've had already two hours on the call. The the basic concept I think we have to uh, start from here which Cindy was implying all through all her presentation is how desperate the deep state, the shadow government, whatever you want to call it, is to keep Roy Moore out of the Senate. We have deep state um, agents, in the case of Gloria Allred or agent uh, operatives uh, probably didn't start out that way but Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan John McCain um Let's see uh, the the um, Cory Booker who. So what they're saying is, uh, so you only have a few people that 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 
that the powers that be have really been afraid of because they got to have courage, they got to have uh, character to stand up against overwhelming odds, and they got to have a flair to get attention. So you have um, you have Pat Buchanan, you have Ron Paul, you now have uh, you have um, um, Jim Traficant. Uh, to some extent, Ron Paul, though Ron Paul wasn't quite as dynamic as getting attention as some of the others, uh, uh, originally anyway. He was by 2008. So now you have in Washington two people they can't control. They don't know what they're going to do next. One is Trump. One is Rand Paul. Now here you have a third one coming in who, barring some cataclysmic upset, is going to win. You know, I'm, I'm talking about just a, 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 not upset electorally, but upset in the political world. Roy Moore is going to win uh, right now, despite a fake poll put out by Politico today that said Moore suddenly 12 points behind. Every other thing I've heard shows that his support is growing in Alabama for the exact reason Cindy just uh, cataloged that people one month before the election, no charges on him in the last 30, 40 years. Now, three more women from what I just read, if I didn't read it wrong, three more women yeah, have come mm-hmm. out. Since 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 his lawyer did the press conference, three poor women. This now if this is between three and five or something, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, and and Rush said it, he expects them to eventually come out with somebody who who charges actual open rape, uh, if if these don't work. But um, if this is such a spontaneous uprising, what is Gloria Allred Gloria Allred's face doing in there? You know, here is a lady who who. Who who is a as Moore has correctly pointed out, uh, Gloria Allred, who's outraged supposedly. Of course, she's outraged at nothing unless it's by a conservative and especially a Christian conservative. Uh, her daughter's defending Harvey Weinstein, so she got hand with her car, and she was trying to destroy the accuser of Harvey Weinstein until she got caught with her hand in the cookie jar um, the other week, but. Gloria Allred is did support, as Moore said, she supported 60 million abortions in the United States, and everybody has to remember that. And you know, a lot of people don't like when this is brought up. The late-term abortions, six to nine months, are tearing off the baby's uh, arms and legs, crushing the head, or burning the skin off the saline. Even every abortion after three months is crushing a little head, and, and, and after 18 days is stopping a beating heart. Well, this is what Allred is not just a little bit for. for She's like she's a de facto Satanist or an actual Satanist, 100,000% for this human sacrifice. So my point is is that look at the double standard. Of, uh, you, if, if some of you may not be old enough. I don't know if you are, Robert, or not, but maybe you are. Uh, in the in 90s, they were defending Clinton to the hilt. Absolutely to the hilt. Oh, uh, your personal life doesn't matter. It's your public service. Um, Oh, who could blame a guy for getting lucky? This was the kind of stuff that was said over and over again uh, about Clinton. And that phrase itself, getting lucky, implies that that sex is just a uh, sport that everybody should – should should take in or like finding a good good uh, uh, meal or a good dessert. It's very demeaning of the dignity of uh, sex, which is to to uh, go, go on with the human race. So all of these people of depraved morality, like Gloria Allred and all these Democrats, now saying, "Oh, maybe we should have got Clinton." Well, that's only because they want to get more now. But what I'm trying to say is how deeply they are trying. Uh, they are afraid of more. Is a third person who would be uncontrollable in the Senate 
And this is getting to be dangerous uh, of uh, critical mass when you start to have three, four, five, six guys in Washington who are willing to stand up against the crowd. Uh, so uh, no matter what. So anyway, the other thing I wanted to throw in, and maybe you've already covered this, is that what the press conference came out today was that 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 strange signature, Roy Moore, a DA, which took note of that when I saw it first time the other day online, and then uh, Tucker uh, carried it and Hanny carried it. I said, is that really you're signing a? Let's just take the lady at her word, the girl at her word, then. You're signing like a nice little Christmas thing to somebody, like you're supposedly signing as a friend or trying to flirt, and you put DA at the end of your signature. That struck me as odd. Well, now it turns out that his legal assistant was like Delbert Anderson. I can't remember the last name for sure, but it was Delbert Anderson. And when he stamped Roy Moore's uh, signature on things, or if he Roy Moore signed it, he would just sign it. He would put DA to let people in the legal system know that he was the clerk during that period, and he was the clerk that was you know, verifying that this was a legal document or whatever. So now, unless you've found something I haven't, somebody on uh, – I cannot find online where Gloria Allred has responded if they're going to release the yearbook or not so that they can analyze it. Uh, I don't know how many of you saw the press conference, but the lawyer for uh, Roy Moore said, we not only want to analyze the handwriting, uh, mm-hmm. but we want to analyze whether the ink – is one year old or 30 years old or not right. even, even not even a pen. Now, one last <laughs> thing on this, uh, one last thing on this, the, uh, somebody today asked me, um, uh, well, how, how could they do this though? If they did like take it off of a court document or whatever, how could they do this? Uh, if Gloria Allred wasn't in the mix well, yeah. real, real quick, real, real quick, Jim, I got to yeah. do a programming note here. There's only about yeah. uh, five minutes left to get called in uh, because if yeah. you do not get called on and you're just listening to the show uh, on the computer there, uh, the audio will uh, click off and you won't be able to listen to uh, and even more importantly, participate in the uh, next hour of the show. So give us a call at 347-945-7428 and we'll get you into the show. Again, five – I'm not just giving myself a number. <laughs> it's three four seven nine four five seven four uh two eight. And then if you'd like to get in, just push the one on your number dial and I'll get you into the show. Go ahead, uh Yeah, why don't, why don't you repeat that number again, yeah. uh, uh Robert, in case someone's trying to write it down out there. Repeat three four seven. Sure. Three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. Thank you, Jim. Okay, sorry about that. Last thing I wanted to say, I was getting done, getting ready to wrap up. Oh, no, no, take your time. Is, we got plenty of time. I just wanted to get that in before the, the top no, of the no, hour. No, you know, that's okay. I don't I don't really have a, a, a ton more, I don't think, to add to what you've already covered. But somebody said, well, how could they do that? You know, let's say they were trying to take a signature from those court documents, and then they stupidly put DA on the end. Uh, and how would they even get it on the yearbook, though? And the answer is this. If Gloria Allred wasn't in the mix, I wouldn't be so stoked. But many of you may know that the, the mortgage scandals of the 70s, 80s, and 90s that culminated around 2005, uh, these crooked banks, and you save your mortgage was just at your local bank, Madison Savings and Loan. Madisonville, we 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 are we have people on my street had their mortgage there for thirty years. Well, they got the idea in New York City. If you kept selling these mortgages, you could make tons of money, and that was the mortgage scandal when they would be sold every three or four years. 
And I noticed this happening in the 80s, and I thought, gee, why am I, why do I keep paying a different bank in St. Louis or San Francisco instead of Fifth Third in Cincinnati every few years? Well, what they did was they were selling them and doing all kinds of flim-flam crooked things to make uh, tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars on mortgages. Well, what happened was they got caught, and they, they had to start uh, they couldn't prove they, they they were so careless they lost millions of these mortgages and they so they had to start doing fake mortgages and they robo they called it robo signing where they would have somebody some clerk their name signed on these fake mortgages by the tens of thousands and there's machines that did that and a lot of people not a lot because the courts were so crooked but some people kept their house when they proved that the signature on their mortgage was not even a ink. It was just a reproduction by one of these robo machines that was made to look, that did look exactly like the person's signature. So that type of technology in all kinds of forms is available now. And I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with 30 more women if they can't. That I, I, I would, I'm not, I don't have any inside information, Robert, but I would be just as likely to think they're paying, giving women 100,000, 500,000, 250,000 secret bank accounts in the Cayman Islands as I am that they're real at this point because of the timing. The timing is one month before the election. And if they get away with this, and I even hear people on Fox acting like these accusations are absolutely true. Uh, if they get away with this thing of just coming forth with accusers and no proof, you know, no proof, uh, you know, hard to prove these things. But if you if you can bring bring four people to accuse somebody of something, and they go down because everybody, Paul Ryan and everybody else, abandons them, then the Democrats have just got a formula to knock out every person they really fear, which is not really that many people. But 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 so this is all very. Um, I agree with Cindy. I, I, you know, Jeff Sessions. I'm very disappointed in him on many fronts, which is probably another show. But Jeff Sessions yesterday, they, when he was asked about Roy Moore, said, "I have no reason to doubt the story of these women." Okay, well, I guess that except for what he just went through, I, I, I you know, I wouldn't I'd just hearing it have. But I have no reason to believe it either. Why should I believe these last-minute accusations, right? So uh, in, in my rule, I think we have to uh, – I want to suggest a rule that we have to adopt here. When you come up with an accusation totally out of character until that point in, in a man or woman's career, one month before the election, then we have to have proof. Accusations, I don't care if from 400 people, are not enough when you're – we cannot have – Guilty by accusation, and, 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 and what do I want to say? You can't be guilty. Guilty uh, by media. By, by accusation. By <laughs> yeah, media. there you go. We we have to have guilty, uh, innocent to proven guilty when it's accusations this suspiciously late in the campaign. So, okay, Robert, thank you for letting me have a voice here, and uh, I'll yield the floor back. We know, James, right. that we'll keep, you know, Fox is not, ahead, Fox is not, you know, you acted, you, you said something about Fox even said, Fox is rhino. They're not conservative. Yeah, They're yeah, rhino. I know, I know. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. explains that, right? <laughs> and even, even Hannity, unfortunately, went into the 50-yard line last night. I don't know what he's doing tonight, but um, uh, this idea um, that, uh, again, I think every woman who says they've been harassed, which I'm totally against, I believe it's adulterous to even hold a woman's hand if i'm married uh, i think it's adulterous to even hold another woman's hand uh, for any reason 
uh, while you're married. I mean, I, I'm very strict. I, you know, I'm pre-Vatican II morality on this. But of the school that just because a woman accuses a man, the woman is always right and the man is always always wrong. We have the Duke uh, lacrosse case where they had false accusations. Um, uh, that, that Rolling Stone just paid out a big settlement for falsely accusing a guy on a fake witness. So I, I, I'm not of the school, and I'm probably sure most of you aren't, that women are always right and men are always wrong. Women are often right when they accuse, but not always. And th- there's every motive by the establishment to stop more from taking the Senate. Even Cory Booker and McConnell are saying, hey, we're going to – if he gets in, we're going to kick him out uh, one week after right. he gets in. But Judge Napolitano was on today to correct them and say, look, you, ca- you cannot do that. You ha- if you, when a guy is elected to Senate, you have to kick him out on something he does in the Senate. You can't kick him out on something he allegedly did 40 years earlier. Otherwise, they'd lo- they'd lose half the congressmen. You know what? I heard and, 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 uh, this was get real quick. This was conveyed yeah. to me uh, from Dr. Tolbert. Dr. Tolbert, I know you got to go soon. Uh, we really uh, thank you for coming to the show uh, this week and every week, of course. But uh, he, he just informed me that even Trump said if it's true that he should drop out. Well, if it's true, I mean, you, if he if he actually forced himself on women. But well, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, but I mean, without. But, I but I'm just saying, Trump saying that without even any of the concrete evidence, you know, coming out. But go ahead. Right, right. But he, but that's a kind of. I mean, that's a way for Trump to appear to be sensitive without saying anything, because because he's uh, Trump is saying if it's proven to be true that he did something criminal, not not just that if he, you know, I, I, Moore has basically confirmed that he dated a few teenage girls when he was in his early 30s. The age of consent in Alabama then was 16. And I'm not uh, enamored with a 32-year-old uh, dating a 19-year-old. And, and, and as a rule, I wouldn't want a 32-year-old dating my daughter. But remember, you had Jerry Lee Lewis was his 13-year-old cousin. You had Elvis married Priscilla when she was 14. It was a little different standards back then because a well, lot of women got that just married me, early. Well, well, well somebody you know, sent me uh, – oh, my gosh, who's the Seinfeld? Seinfeld was – uh, what thirty nine, and he dated a seventeen year old or something like that. That was okay. a post on Facebook yeah. that said Seinfeld thirty nine um, dated seventeen. Yeah. Guys, I was seventeen years old and dated my high school swim coach. He was thirty two. I was seventeen. It was consensual, and we we never tried to hide anything or any. It was that time of the that time was different. There, that, were, those were you still in high school? Considered. Yes, I was. Now, in, in, was that okay with the school? Was that okay with the school at that point? I don't think the school – I don't know that the school knew it, but the whole swim team knew it. Uh, you know, most okay. everybody our friends knew it. Okay. Jim, I wanted to just summarize something you said that really resonated. Uh, regardless of how many women come forward, uh, truth is an absolute and immutable standard. It has nothing yeah. to do with consensus. There was, yeah, there was right, consensus right. that the earth was flat. Right. There was a consensus <laughs> right. that, the, right. that the sun revolved around the earth. Truth is not a function of a bunch of people agreeing on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that I wanted to add – that kind of summarizes your comment because um, I, I give no credibility to these 30-plus-year-old sudden accusations. They're just simply not credible. Yeah, and they yeah. can't be. Pre- Where's the well, you proof? Know what? You know, it's, show me something. 
You know what really irks me is because these bimbo campaigns work really well on Republicans that you want to get rid of, but they don't work very well at all on Democrats. You know, the only Democrat in recent history that has had a bimbo eruption and, and, and actually had to be punished for it was Gary Hart when he lost his right. uh, his presidential uh, primary because yeah. of, um, you know, and he uh, And they wanted him another show, but they wanted Hart out. Hart is why well, I despise it's Hart good. for many reasons. He had said yeah. some things that were absolutely against the uh, the the the, the uh, dominant power structure back then. About exactly. three, that's, three weeks before that 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 erupted. But remember, with Jennifer, right. and and while you're bringing it up, Jennifer Flowers came forth with tapes, and she I you know she was somewhat of a I don't know she was I I, I would say she was more of like a uh, uh, middle class upper middle class woman than, a, than trailer trash as James Carville tried to call some of Clinton's mm-hmm. detractors and she had actual audio tapes but since Clinton was picked to be in president they treated her like she was nuts even though she had audio tapes you know mm-hmm. so yeah you're right it's it's a total absurd one, one other thing occurs to me Robert that I think may be an important concept and that is we, we've gone to movies for decades you know all of us have probably gone to some movies and they do put millions of dollars into the movies and uh, all kinds of special effects, and we we suspend our you know it's called willing suspension of disbelief, and we watch the movie, and wow, it's really a good time, you know, if it's a good movie. Okay, what I want to suggest and have suggested for a few years, the deep state, the shadow government, is bringing the techniques of Hollywood movies to the news. This, I would say, that has to do with 9/11, has to do with the Las Vegas thing. Uh, not to say it's all uh, acting or all movie, but these are hybrid events that are partially real where people get killed and partially uh, choreographed where they've really got caught big time with some of the stuff in the Las Vegas thing. So that's the same as with this. If they know when you got this whole crowd behind the glory already, if they want to bring Roy Moore down, it has to be a believable movie that the average person can start to get into, follow, and believe the story. So the idea that they would pay off 9 or 10 or 11 women or whatever to come out and exaggerate what happened to them, wipe their eyes while they're talking, use this Kleenex, this is very possible because they, they, got, they know if they're going to roll one of these out to try to de- derail a guy like Roy Moore, they've got to have Hollywood movie-type believability but people have to think it's real news. So they're bringing the techniques well, of movies to the news. Well, consider who he was running against also, Gary Hart. He was, he was, a, uh, he was running against liberal insider Dukakis, and later um, he would have been against George H.W. Bush, who was the original New World Order guru. So right, obviously right. no need for the establishment to protect Hart. Uh, all was well in the lineup. His biggest right. mistake was to criticize the press for their prying because now he lost the press. So all kinds of Democrat guys come out and still win their elections. Kennedy basically kills a girl and still stays in Congress for the rest of his life. Clinton never had to mm-hmm. leave office. Won his second term right in the middle of the Paula, the Paula Jones thing. Um, you, you got, and Larry, Larry, you know how McCain came out? Oh, oh Roy Moore's got to resign. Uh, McCain, uh, 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 talk show host uh, um, Larry Elder, who's uh, you know is on a lot, and is, I like listening to. Elder said yesterday, 
uh, Ted Kennedy and Chris Dodd got very drunk in a restaurant. They had a private room. When the waitress came in to get their order, they surrounded her and were on each side of her. Since this is a family show, let's just say they were inappropriate with her, not, not the worst, but it was very inappropriate. It became known. And McCain, who was in the Senate, didn't say one thing about Ted Kennedy resigning. So Larry Elder brought that out, or Chris Dodd, the senator from Connecticut. So these are all things that we got to keep in mind when you see a constitutional champion like Moore uh, suddenly become the a full-court press, and the five networks keep giving him all the coverage 24 hours a day. So we got to deal with it, and, and the average person who doesn't know the five networks are controlled by the same crowd, the, the news division of Fox carries the same news as the other five, even though Hannity and Tucker or doing things that are good. The, the, the point is, is that all five, if they don't realize all five networks are deep state agenda driven uh, things with the New York Times and Washington Post, then they think, well, hey, everybody, these are just fair referees. They're not people with an agenda. They're just being fair referees. Thankfully, thanks to Trump and fake news, more and more Americans are viewing these networks as fake, fake news outlets. And uh, they're decrying that on MSNB and CNN all the time. This is where we are. People don't believe don't believe the Washington Post anymore. Well, thank God for that. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Hey, uh, Cindy. Hey, Cindy. Would you? Uh, uh, real quick. Would you like to hear? Some- well, real quick. Real, real quick, because we are we are unfortunately running out of time, and I got I know three callers at least that want to get in. Uh, so let's go ahead and give uh, uh get them in. So we got John, we got Pianchi, we have Joe. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it in that way. Uh, uh, definitely one of those times we could have done a fourth hour, but let's go ahead and bring in John. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine. You all sound great, and you're hitting a lot of the topics right on the uh, nail on the head. And, Jim, man, you were thinking the way I was thinking. And all of you, uh, Cindy and uh, Mark, bringing up the issues about the – facts and evidence to even justify some of this stuff that's going on made me think which you know it makes you wonder why is it that all of these congressmen and senators are not saying hey look we have a system it's innocent until proven guilty i've not heard a single one of them say that and it sounds like most of the citizens that you hear well i don't know if you could call them citizens but on these um lamestream media they always have these people talking and it seems like they could care less about the rule of law and you know innocent uh, before proven guilty and so it just makes me wonder you know how screwed up this whole system is and how many americans are actually buying into the the scam back to you Well, we're kind of going to uh, – thanks, John. Uh, thanks again for coming to show. We're going to kind of roll, uh, roll some folks out so we can uh, have everybody on the line because we can, you know, have plenty of time for, unfortunately, we'll have to close things out. And since we do have so many on the line, uh, you know, I do like to try to give you know, folks uh, their closing comments as well uh, before we have to end things uh, for the evening. So let's go ahead and welcome uh, Pianchi. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing really well, and I'm – you, you guys laid it out so unique and accurate on what's really going on. But, you know, the two things that got my attention, the one when this last lady made mention about her being in the car with Moore, and she said that he reached over and locked the door so she couldn't get out. With well, duh, all you had to do was pull the helm. 
Yeah. That little push button keeps the door from being open from the outside. What were you doing? Letting your arm out the window? And another point. Yeah. <laughs> and another no, point. <laughs> and another point, and, and ma'am, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but this, the lady when she was 16 said, I think Moore was supposed to have exposed himself to her. And she said, and I may be not saying it's verbatim, but I think y'all get the gist. I would never touch a man's penis, especially an erect one. Well, how the hell you know about an erect penis? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is is really (laughs) terrible. And let's think about this. The, The Vegas shooter, his brother was caught with child porn on his computer. Well, can this tie in with Pizzagate and Clinton? And was this something that was planned in order to take guns away because they all figured that Clinton was going to be president of the United States ahead of time? It's a lot of things going on. I tell you what, we have to take this very serious. We got to get people out, get them registered, get them vote, get them, uh, get them to come out and vote, especially in 2018. And uh, Trump may be the last hope because this yeah. is just terrible what we are witnessing. I never would expect to see some of the low-down, in-the-mud dirt that I'm seeing and witnessing in this point in my life. Thank you very much. Good points, kiddo. You are so right. Well, thank you much, Pianki. As we do with uh, everyone here, we've, we're going to keep everybody's mics on. And uh, at this point, you know, we're going to bring in Joe. Uh, I think uh, Joe, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is a... Uh, a lesbian, transgender, uh, trans, trans something. I'm gonna let Joe explain that. How, how did you just? Thank you very much for coming to the show, Joe. How did you describe yourself? I, uh, I know there's a couple like three adjectives there. Nope. We still have you there, right, Joe? Oh. Well, we're gonna keep. I know he's on Skype. Joe went to sleep. He, he got you tired got of listening. <laughs> well, listen. No, well, when we were in the green uh, room, he just, uh, described himself in uh, three different ways. I think he might have been, you know, you know, p- putting a shoulder in my, my my chest when I was saying it. But uh, and Joe, when you, we're, we're going to keep your mic on, uh, so when you're ready, to chime in. Just yell at us, and we'll we'll get you in. <laughs> Go ahead, Cindy. You no, know, Robert. Wikipedia has a whole um, article. That is a list of the federal political sex scandals in the United States. And if you go there and you look at the scandal that happened and then the punishment that incurred, you, you see the difference between what happened to the Republicans when they were um, accused of something and what happened to the Democrats when they were accused of something. And it is a, a huge difference. The Democrats don't get near what the what the Republicans got. And and it seems like in the nineteen seventies it was like all Democrats um, being accused of sex crimes. Then in the eighties it looked like all Republicans. <laughs> then it started equaling itself out and <laughs> there was both. But basically um, we we got to think about what's going on in our government, in our halls of government, what kind of people 
are up there doing our business that we are expecting to be uh, have a level of integrity and 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 a level of of um, of caring about the people back home that there just doesn't seem to be. There in reality, those people up there, pretty much all of them. Um, there's only a few in Congress and a few in the Senate that we could really trust and know that by their record, they are truly conservative people who want to um, uh, uphold the Constitution of the United States and um, honor the people back home and honor God who gave us this country. And there just doesn't seem to be any of them left. And that is where our problem is arising. When God was taken out of our public life, there was no backup to a parent or a church trying to uh, instill these values, the Judeo-Christian values in people. And so they're left out in the open coming up with their own individual moral systems, and they stink, and they're not good for people. Um, you know, as a nation in general, there are certain laws that if we don't live by those laws, we're not going to we're not going to prosper. And uh, in fact, we're going to lose our sovereignty, and we're going to be destroyed. And this is just all symptom of that. Well, I think we got Joe back. Are you there, Joe? Paging Joe. Paging Joe. Oh. Is it clean up? Maybe that was you, Kelly. I thought that was maybe that was me. I'm sorry. You guys both have kind of a deeper voice. (laughs) A deeper voice, yes. uh, My lesbian. But, you know, we were speaking about transgenders, and I have to tell you, you know, I came out of the closet earlier as a lesbian, but I, I wanted to ex- uh, express also that I, I had a transgender experience when I was young. Um, I was, uh, it lasted about nine months, and I was a boy inside of a man's body, and then my mother gave birth to me. Um, <laughs> I was a boy inside of a woman's body, sir. I was a boy inside of a woman's body, and then my mother gave birth to me. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> almost through that one, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and she said I was all boy ever since. Played in the, played in the dirt, took things apart, hunted, fish, trapped, whatever boys do. Anyway, um, so let's see here. Um, yeah. Hey, Cindy, I'd like. There is a scripture that applies to the situation here. Uh, do you have your Bible handy? I do, actually. Well, good. Uh, Deuteronomy 19, start at verse 15, if you can. What this is, is the Hebrew way of dealing with a malicious witness. And and by the way, it's a coincidence that that this girl that's accusing Roy Moy, she just happened to have this note for how many years ago was it? She just happened to still have that note. Really? Did she have a scrapbook? It was in her yearbook. It was in her, college, oh, it was in her uh, high school yearbook. 
Oh, okay. So that's what makes it believable. Okay. okay. <laughs> and the and and, and the DA yeah, signature her, meaning she happened to have her yearbook at the at the restaurant while she was waiting on table. Okay. So did the we DA sign it? The, the the person that did the initial DA did he actually sign it on behalf of Judge Moore, or did Judge Moore sign it himself and then she was he claiming put the DA on there? Moore, she was claiming that Judge Moore signed it himself. Okay, okay, whatever. And claiming um, that that and claiming that proved a personal relationship between them. Oh, really? However flirtatious you think Merry Christmas is. Yeah, well, I, I have. <laughs> he called her beautiful. I, have, I mean, Dom, I mean, don't you know? Every time you call a woman, oh, you know, beautiful anymore. and smart or whatever he called her, and you know that that's you know that's that there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, yeah, just the other day I happened. Yeah. yeah, well, just the other night, a friend and I went out for dinner at a nice restaurant, sat at the bar and a few glasses of wine, and I started flirting with some women. But, of course, they were of legal age. But when I was, oh, gosh, I, did, I dated Mary Lee, and I think she was either 12 or 13, except this was 35 years ago and I was 16. My first love was was uh, her name was Twyla. She was a sweetheart, but she was one year older than me. Now, she happened to turn eighteen, and I was seventeen, and she abused me. I mean, I would have liked it. Okay, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, bark logic after dark. Go ahead, Kel. Yeah, that's definitely bark logic after dark. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I mean, but yeah, you know. It, it, okay. So anyway, Cindy, do you got the? Uh, I'm got, sorry, what chapter was it again? 19. Start with verse 15. Okay. I'm sorry, <laughs> Leviticus? Did you no, say Leviticus? No, Deuteronomy. De- oh, Deuteronomy. Okay. Deuteronomy 19. That's how the Hebrews dealt with a malicious witness. And by the way, under the Hebrew system, the penalty of perjury could be death. Actually, the penalty of perjury could have been death. That's a pretty serious thing um, when a malicious well, the, witness comes forward. And, and I have to define malicious witness while Cindy's looking this up. A malicious witness is someone – I mean, there's different levels of lying. There's did you say delicious witness? I'm, I'm sorry. Never mind. <laughs> Not delicious witness. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I couldn't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're so confused with our words, you know. Rhino, wino, whiners, whatever. Anyway, okay. So – Malicious witness. Yeah, just hold on. I want to explain what malicious witness is. So, you know, there's different levels of lying. You know, little white lies. Um, and then there's a lie, and then there's perjury. Well, a malicious witness is one who will use the court to frame someone. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's a very high level. It's beyond perjury. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a frame job. So go ahead and read that, starting right. at verse 15 to the end. Okay. One witness is not enough to convict a man accused of any crime or offense he may have committed. A matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If a malicious witness takes the stand to accuse a man of a crime, the two men involved in the dispute must stand in the presence of the Lord before the priests and the judges who are in the office at the time. The judges must make a thorough investigation, and if the witness proves to be a liar, giving false testimony against his brother, then do to him as he intended to do to his brother. You must purge the evil from among you. The rest of the people will hear hear of this and be afraid, and never again will such an evil thing be done among you. Show no pity, life for life, 
eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Show no mercy. And such a wicked mm-hmm. thing will never be done again in all of Israel. So in the mm-hmm. Hebrew system, um, and a guy has uh, five cattle. And then, uh, you know, he tells his herdsman, go, go push it over on my neighbors. I hate him. And then um, and then testify that he stole my cattle. Well, the penalty, if you steal five cattle, you got to pay back ten. I think it's ten. And if you can't pay back the title, the cattle, then you you have to be sold as a slave for seven years. That's the Hebrew system. There were no jails. That's a whole other story. But anyway, so a malicious witness in that situation, um, he pushed five cattle, went to the judges. Oh, you stole five cattle. See my well, if somebody testified and said no, he pushed his cattle across the line, said he stole, and he's a malicious witness. Oh my gosh. So the person that initiated the effort has to pay the guy 10 cattle now when he tried to frame him for stealing five. It's a very serious thing, um, and that's how God handled it. And you notice two or three witnesses, two or three witnesses. You know, Jesus said that again in Matthew 18. Hey, two or three witnesses get together let every fact be established. Um, let the matter be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Um, and in fact, Robert, when may you look I call, at the, Kelly, can I call your attention almost, to Deuteronomy 20? Oh, go ahead. But I want to, there's another verse in Deuteronomy that, that speaks to this. Well, good. Yeah, let me finish this here. But what happened in Europe with the witch hunts and the witch trials, Salem witch trial, that kind of stuff, hundreds and hundreds of people were getting killed in Europe. Oh, they're a witch. Burn them at the stake, um, which would be nice to do to some politicians. But anyway, yeah. um, in America, this was happening two in the 1600s and a couple pastors went to the governor and said hey 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 hey, are we not a Christian nation well yes we are well don't you know the Bible says two witnesses are required I mean there already been a few people killed but in, in it got shut down immediately in America where in Europe it got it continued a one person accusation and people were getting killed um, the French Revolution you know like 15 uh, was it was it I want to say 45,000 people died by a tribunal where it was the poor judging the rich. Did they have two witnesses or what? They just, no, let's just kill people by uh, one witness. I mean, it, it's a very brilliant requirement of two witnesses and then search out for the malicious witness. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Tolbert. Well, it's also uh, it's a, a tenth commandment. It's also a commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Yeah, right. actually, the penalty. Those, in the witch trials, the burning at the stake and putting them, drowning them underwater—that was part of the trial. If you survived it, you were a witch. Um, but anyway, I will call your attention to Deuteronomy twenty, verse uh, chapter twenty-five, verses eleven and twelve. It reads like this: If two men are struggling together, and the wife of one comes near to deliver her husband from the hand of the one who is striking him. And seizes him by the genitals, then you shall cut off her hand and show her no pity. That sounds like groping. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. It's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. Uh, I Kelly, can answer this, with this a joke. Time, uh, <clears throat> Kelly, this time only you are the one to blame. 
for turning Bard's Logic After Dark into the Bard's Logic <laughs> Bible Hour. Okay, so in order to free my husband, you blame me. So, so in order to free my husband from the pack, I have to club the guy over the head or something. I'm not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you hit the head on his shoulders. Yeah, because it could be, uh, you know. Okay. Well, I think you make a good point uh, that I want to reiterate. Uh, you made a good point that I want to reiterate. I think that was you, Cindy, who was comparing. Uh, I don't, and I don't know who the people in the past were uh, who did it. That where the stories are kind of the same between, uh, again, Glory Ulrich and the story that whoever she was working with yeah. years ago. It's pretty much the, the same story, is <laughs> the story the same. for uh, for them. I mean, and here's the thing. I'm going to make this disclaimer. I mean, if the, if, the, if he really did attack her, of course that'd be terrible. I'm not condoning that, of course. You you you, you don't do that, you know. But I just think about the timing, and of course, you know, people should be believed. And my thing is, as, as ladies, I, I've I've never had this happen. I I honestly only don't. Well, I know a couple people, I guess, who have, and you know, something has happened with them, and you know, and I know them, you know, pretty close and pretty personally. But my thing is, is I think it's to your detriment. I mean, I understand how that stuff could hurt. I mean, I can kind of understand. I can't present it. You know what I mean? Is that I think it only – and I'm just making this disclaimer is, is that, I mean, if, if these things are true, it's only to their detriment to wait this long because, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I really don't think it happened. I really, really don't, or else I have a totally different attitude, you know, about it. So I really don't think it happened, but I do. But but on a serious note, I do think it is to their detriment, you know, ladies, and even even if this happens to guys, I mean, to wait uh, some period of time, I understand that you got to let that sink in and, and and be able to deal with it, you know, emotionally and you know, reasonably and rationally. But then it's coming time if you wait too long. I mean, don't. I'm just saying I just credible. don't think it's a good idea to, to wait if something really does happen. Well, exactly. Didn't, didn't I any mean, of these girls have any the friends that they confided in, you know, along the way that could corroborate? Yeah, my friend a told me of back them, in that A she... couple of them claim that they told friends, but nobody has come forward to well, say that that's what they did. What didn't one? What didn't one? Didn't the girl who said he attacked her in her car said she told her boyfriend? Here's what I, yeah. here's what makes me not believe that. Unless there's a news report that that boyfriend went out and kicked his ass. Then I'm going to have a hard think. time believing because if some guy, if some girl, if, if my girlfriend came to me and said, I don't care if he's a DA, I don't care if he's a cop, if this guy attacked my girlfriend, I'm going to be kicking his ass. Right. <laughs> well, and you I mean, I'm, I'm going to confront think. the guy. <laughs> and where's the boyfriend? Why hasn't he come yeah. forward to corroborate her her story? Um, can they not find him to pay him off? Well, yeah. They, they haven't even filed. Yeah. They haven't even filed a, a police complaint, have they? Well, they all no. claim that the reason that they they didn't uh, report it was because of fear, because these per- people ha- were in powerful positions over them. Now that but, I feel that way. Obviously not. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Oh, go ahead, Kelly. Can I ask you a question or something? Kelly. Is Kelly still yeah. there? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, when you were reading in there, and, you, and then at the end, after uh, Cindy read, you said you got to, uh, I guess, identify the false witness. 
is there any scripture you know of that helps you identify that? Otherwise, how do you know that these five girls are false witnesses or legitimate? You don't. You don't know whether they're legitimate or false, except that all the th- the all the when you look at all the proof against what they say. For instance, what I just said about um, I, I laid out uh, the Beverly Nelson one because she's the one that was the um, the strongest in her, um, you know, her her accusation was the strongest. It was the more more horrible, in other words, that he actually attacked her. He physically attacked. The other women just talked about uh, he was much older than them. They were teenagers, and there was kissing involved, and um, there sh- he shouldn't have been dating them, and blah blah blah. Um, the, then there was the 16-year-old, and then there was Nelson, who uh, who actually accused of um, assault, you know, uh, forced behavior, not not yeah, consensual. Consent- more... I'm not sorry, consensual. Right. I was more um, curious about since um, Kelly had brought this to our attention, if in uh, his reading he knew of other scripture that helped identify instructions on determining what a false witness is in the word is it in the scripture somewhere that uh, well we'll see well what's what's fascinating about scriptures um as far as the, the, the scriptures were the constitution they were the charter for a nation like our constitution and if you notice there's not Volumes and volumes of code, you know, like in California, for example, we have the penal code, the civil code, the local rules of court, rules of evidence. I mean, these are all thick books. But what happened, I believe, at least, is God put a lot of trust in the judges, and there was an accountability system that the judges got corrupt. The prophets would confront them, which they did. And so there's an awful lot of dynamic stuff that God left up to mankind. However, in that portion of Scripture, you have a grand jury, actually. The priests and the judges who were in office at the time, you had a group of people working on this. And they would, you know, in those days, you appear in the presence before the Lord. And so God would help them figure it out. And they got together as a team and they'd pray. And they'd even, you know, had the smarts to inquire of a prophet sometimes to figure it out. So they had some unique things that we don't necessarily have as far as, you know, a prophet inquire of the Lord, you know, uh, before Saul was King Saul. Oh, by the way, your donkey's uh, made it home safely. You know, he was going to inquire the Lord over a donkey you lost when he was about to be king, but that's a whole other story. But they had some very – the Hebrew nation, which obviously was lasted about, I think, 800 years, very prosperous, very amazing, um, had a lot of, I want to say, where God was trusting in, in, in humans to make an awful lot of dynamic decisions. And in America, we experienced – that dynamic part when we had judges in every small town and uh, after the judges were gone because they had to be an attorney, pretty soon our laws were growing endlessly and, and volumelessly um, as opposed to small town judges resolving matters quickly and, and you could still appeal to your superior court in your county. So you look at even America following the system of judges in every small town, it solved a lot of dynamic problems and you didn't need endless laws which is just kind of a fascinating side note. So when you look at that text in Deuteronomy 19, you can see uh, the mechanism there to to solve the problem, to to look into it. And so, um, 
you know, you got to have two or three witnesses. Even the death penalty given to somebody, the person that was um, – the people that are going to carry out the death sentence of stoning, they had to be the witnesses that saw it happen. Okay? So, that's, I mean, that's just some pretty serious checks and balances in there. Um, I mean, a study of the Hebrew law system is absolutely fascinating. And, you know, there weren't uh, jails. A lot of things were death sentences or for a lot of crimes you could be, you know, fined or sold as a slave. But, oh, wait a minute. So if you couldn't, if you didn't pay your debt, they had debtors, not debtors prison, but you were to be sold as a slave. But after seven years, you were free. Well, what did that mean, though? It meant that you're, as a slave, you got to see your family and your kids at night. Or if you committed a crime and you were sold as a slave, you got to see your kids at night and you didn't have this. Uh, recidivism or repeat back into the system because kids got to see their parents. You know, the classic American system, well, just put them in jail. And then kids are without their dads, and guess what? Then the kids go to jail. So there's some really brilliant things, and it it, it, it seemed to work. I mean, the country lasts about 800 years. I don't think we're going to last that long unless something changes. So I guess that's kind of my answer, but Deuteronomy 16, 17, and 19, are there some other instructions like, hey, if you're a witness, do not hold back and do not go along with the crowd. Do not accept a bribe. Do not um, favor somebody's poor because he's poor. Don't favor somebody that is rich because they're rich. Um, a specific instruction to the judges. Acquit the innocent. Condemn the guilty. That started with acquit the innocent. In other words, you're innocent until proven guilty. Acquit the innocent, condemn the guilty. Which it's amazing when you study this. So we one thing I wanted to add. Way. I okay. almost done, almost done. One thing I wanted to add to malicious witnesses is it's my personal belief that somebody who is deliberately, if Albright's doing this, the attorney, um, there are going to be some spiritual consequences that will catch up to them. Sure. Over time. And if they're, if they're going to do this and man isn't going to intervene or man can't intervene or what have you, I won't be surprised if God intervenes someday and does something if they're promoting malicious witnesses. Okay. Well, and, and this is another way that you know that you can, you can at least um, look at things. You look at their background. You look at things that they're saying. You pick apart the exact story, the details. Let's take, for instance, this Gloria Thacker uh, Deason. At the time of her uh, accusation, she's supposedly uh, 18 years old, okay? And she's claiming that, now, of course, everybody would would assume that an 18-year-old is um, old enough to give consent, okay? But she's claiming that during those dates that she was on with him, that they drank bottles of wine, which would have been illegal or decent at that time because drinking age was 19. Now, she right. says... Uh-oh, I'm in big trouble. About, Is there a statute of limitation on that? Because I was like yes. 15 when I started drinking. <laughs> well, she says... Go ahead. She, she says that she isn't even sure what age they were when, when they dated. She was saying she was about 18. 
Well, Roy Moore is 70 now, and she's 57 now, according to reports in the media. So that's 13 years difference. If she was 18, that would make him 31. Well, all the reports say that he was either 32 or 34 when these things occurred. That would place her at 19 if he Mm -hmm. was 32, okay, or older. In this situation, everything hinges on the exact year that it happened, since 18 years is is consensual for sex but not for drinking. 19 is drinking age. So why should we even be taking... Why should we even be uh, taking this bimbo for for real when she herself doesn't really remember how old she was? I mean, that's the kind of thing you have to look at. You have to pick apart each one individually and um, and and figure out whether there's reason to to believe or disbelieve the person. Um, Korfman, Lee Korfman, the one that was 14 at the time of her accusation told the paper that, uh, told Washington Post, that Moore had asked her for her phone number. Corfman said he later picked her up for a drive around the corner from her house and drove her to his house where he kissed her. She says that uh, Moore took off his clothes and touched uh, Corfman over her underwear and guided his hand, uh, her hand to touch him. Okay, Number one, why don't why would she give him her phone number and to why would she later get in a car with him and drive around the corner from his house i mean well you, you and have if to he think. touched her underwear then that means her pants might have been unbuttoned or she gave him access to under well, her skirt I we mean, don't know what she- <laughs> We don't know what she was wearing, but, but that's like you okay. Picked her up and she was it just wearing her underwear. I mean, she had to do something. You had to get somewhere to get access to it. You, exactly, yes. But it just makes you wonder um, why someone, I mean, if you're a 14-year-old girl and this 32-year-old guy comes up and um, wants to, you know, get your phone number and talk to you in ways that he shouldn't, um, I have to wonder what kind of a girl was she if she did do this? Um, and and that really doesn't matter in that he can't take advantage of her whether she is or isn't that certain way. But what I'm saying is I wouldn't, if I were her, I wouldn't want to admit to um, something like that because <laughs> people why would, would ask me, woman- why did you give... Why in the Why world would, would you get him? Ask her for her phone number when it's written on the bathroom walls all over, all over town. <laughs> <laughs> right, you can't get it from there. <laughs> Good point. You can call that number. You can talk to her parents. <laughs> well, and that's I don't another know, thing. I mean, and it's, uh, at least according at least according to Roy Moore, and uh, <laughs> you know what? And we're hearing all these people saying, "Oh well, we're going to take the girl's words for it." Well, then wouldn't it also go to show that's like, well, why don't you just take his word for it? You know, exactly. uh, what, because he's that's a guy. That's why there needs uh, to be no, two but, witnesses. But, but you know, but, yeah, I mean, it's like, two. well, and in this case more because, you know, they can just keep, you know, pu- you know, pulling them out, pushing them out, pushing them out. I mean, you know, what, she just has a conversation with a couple of people and they help her corroborate her story. That don't necessarily mean that it's true. That gives my point. 
you know, again, if it was something that was so bothersome, I do understand you waiting a time because it could be painful, you know. I mean, but to, for one, there has been no rape so far, as I've, to my knowledge. And, yeah, if he touched, I could see where that could be painful, maybe even embarrassing or something of that nature. But to wait years and years, I mean, I mean, I, I can understand maybe even a year or something. But, I mean, that many years, it's just, I don't know. You know, what was well, that? I remember when- and then – yeah. yeah. Hey guys, one time I, I got to make a correction. I have to make a correction on something that I said. I told okay. you that Beverly Young Nelson was the woman who was the uh, sign language interpreter. It was not. It was it was Deborah Wesson Gibson, the one that was 17 at the time of her accusation. She's the one that um, has works with signs of excellence. Uh, and was hired out to many Democrat campaigns and took nice little photos with the people and everything that she was working for. I'm sorry, uh, I'll put that on the record. It was Debbie Wesson Gibson who was um, the interpreter for the Democrat um, campaign. Well, and speaking of uh, for the record stuff, for the record, I have to say it is time pretty much for – our closing comments for tonight because um, we still have about five, six people on the line. So I want to be able to give everybody a couple minutes at least to uh, for their closing thoughts on tonight's topics. Now, unfortunately there will not be a show next Wednesday. Uh, it is my hope that I'll be cooking a Turkey uh, <laughs> next Wednesday night. I've, I've never, uh, Republican never or Democrat? Thanksgiving. <laughs> Green party. No, um, <laughs> but no, I've, I've never, I've never, you know, all my life I've gone to people's houses for dinner and stuff like that. I never cooked a uh, a turkey dinner before for Thanksgiving. I'm hoping I get an opportunity this uh, th- this one to do it. So hopefully I'll be cooking on Wednesday night next week. Uh, so I want to wish everybody uh, a happy Thanksgiving uh, next week, and then uh, we'll be back, of course, the following week there. But I do want to give people at least two minutes uh, for closing comments before I have to close out the show. And what we'll do is we'll go with our, uh, our friend here, Mark. Uh, we'll go be first, then we'll go ahead and go to you, Jim. And then we've got jo- uh, John, and then you, Cindy, and then Kelly, and then I'll close things up. Each person got a couple, about two minutes, maybe a minute and a half uh, for closing comments. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for coming on the show. Appreciate it. I had a great time this evening. It doesn't hurt that I'm on vacation right now. But uh, <laughs> so I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, but anyway, a little a brief celebration there. Uh, but go ahead, uh, Mark. Oh, Robert, thanks for having me on. I, I don't have a whole lot more to add. I think everybody has spoken their point very well. I want to specifically thank Cindy uh, for enumerating a, a, a vast volume of information that I was not familiar with. And her research, if, if I ever get accused of something, I think I would want her on my defense team, unless <laughs> Trey Gowdy's the prosecutor, in which case there is no defense. You just cop a plea and hope for the best. But um, I, I think we're all on the same page here. My point is, is that the, the, this hasn't even been brought to court. It's been taken to the press. Uh, the, the scripture references that Kelly brought up were useful, but they were in the context of court. Not He's being tried by the media. I'm very disappointed uh, in the senators that have come out and assumed guilt. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, the people of Alabama may very well surprise us. So let's just, uh, and I stand with Roy Moore as 
if any of my friends are accused of something, I'm not going to throw them under the bus. I'm going to stand with them, maybe not for them. If they're mm-hmm. guilty, they're still my friend. I still stand with them. And that's called paraclete uh, in scripture uh, reference. So I think that we're going to find out who Roy's friends really are. And I hope the people of Alabama see through this. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that coming on. If you have any more updates about YouTube as well, certainly uh, let us know. We'd like to get some, some more updates on that, uh, as well as other things uh, you're going to be working on, and uh, you know, such as the Patriot Journalist Network, things of that nature. I uh, appreciate it. And then uh, next we got here is you, Jim. Go ahead. Jim. Robert, give me two more no, minutes. I'm on, a, I'm on another show right now. Oh, right sure, back. sure. We'll, we'll flip okay. things around a little bit and bring it over to you, John. Yeah, well, I just think you had a great show. Everybody share the link for this show and go to largelogicpoliticaltalk.com and tell all your family, your friends, and your neighbors to come in next week, I mean two weeks from now, and everybody enjoy happy holidays. And as far as Roy Moore, Man, I'm going to be praying with you, brother, because uh, I'd hate to face the Lord if you really did those things. At some point right now, it might be easy to fake head things if you think you're going to try to fake head. But also the people that are maliciously false, you know, falsifying this stuff, if it is false, then they're going to face their time too. And I want to thank Kelly for bringing that up because now I've got a new task. I want to go find out what Deuteronomy 19.16 false witness if there's other scripture explaining how to identify false witnesses, because other people just get up and lie all the time. Oh, so all of our congressmen should be kicked out of office because they lie. And, you know, President Obama and all these people lie straight to our face and sell us Obamacare, and they don't get investigated for nothing. There's evidence that's explicit and expressed. Back to you. Uh, thank you very much. And, yeah, definitely check out the different pages. Uh, you could find more of the articles uh, from tonight's show in two places. Uh, one, of course, on the Facebook page. I just put in the search engine, Bard's Logic, Political Talk, and you'll be able to get the page. I'd appreciate it if you liked it uh, when you visit it. Get those links, especially look at uh, the one that has the, the so-called uh, note there that he left in her yearbook. And then also, of course, you can check out, uh, the, as you stated, the Bard's Logic Political Talk website. Check out the newsroom. You can actually uh, subscribe to the newsroom uh, for them to send uh, updates to your email uh, when, you know, we've got new articles on there. There's tons of articles, you know, photos, uh, videos, things of that nature. So definitely check that out. Uh, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Cindy, and then we'll see if Jim's ready for us. And then if not, we'll go to you, uh you, Kelly, and then uh, over to, to Jim, and then I'll close things out. Go ahead. Uh. Well, I didn't talk a lot about the Gibson woman, but um, I, I couldn't find that where she had that Moore had done anything wrong to her other than just date a young person, uh, a person of 17 years old, inappropriately when he was 32. Um, and they only dated a couple months, and she. Uh, claimed that they only kissed twice and I was thinking if that's all they did in two months of dating then that speaks more no of Moore's character <laughs> well that speaks more of Moore's character kidding, than anything he could claim you know uh, right. tells me that he 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 wouldn't um, press himself on someone so I don't know um, I, I was very my last comment is this I was very disappointed when Hannity started backing off 
and, mm-hmm. and started Roy Moore because he has no more proof now than when he first started doing interviews with Roy Moore. When Roy Moore was on his uh, show and he was being interviewed, Hannity did not like his answers. And, and I have to say, he was, he was all over the place with his answers. But that's exactly what it sounds like when someone has not rehearsed what they're going to say and they they are being forced to go back 30-some years to try to come up with something in their memory. Obviously, you're going to have trouble and you're going to scatter your brains and you're going to scatter things around. To me, you got a Bill Clinton that stands there and stares into the camera and says, and bangs his fist on the table and says, I did not have sex with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. And, and, and you, you look at the orchestrated way that they, they come out with their talking points and they have everything memorized. That's not where Roy Moore, where Roy Moore is right now. He is a man who's desperately searching his memory to try to find out some reason why these people are saying this. And the problem is he's not going to come up with it because – what they're saying didn't happen. That's the reason he can't remember it. And so I'm very disappointed that Hannity couldn't do the same research that I could. It's very, very easy to do. Or have um, somebody on his staff do it. <laughs> or, or, yeah, well, that's what I mean, because Hannity doesn't well, then do you all pointed that out, I mean, they only dated a couple months. I mean, how many people here on this, on this call can remember somebody they only dated, I mean, in, in great detail, and somebody they dated for a few months? And, and, and only kissed twice. And only kissed twice. Okay. What? I mean, what is that? Why did this woman even come forward at all? What has she got to say? I have. I have somebody that I I uh, um, dated when they were 32 and I was 17. I should go on national television and tell everybody about it. That that's stupid. So anyway, that I, I was I was disappointed with Handy. I'm thinking, all right, they just moved it. He just got his nine o'clock uh, slot mm-hmm. back. Uh, did they did they uh, put pressure on him and say, look, we're gonna have to put you back to ten o'clock if you don't cool this? You know, I mean, well, I don't I, know. When I, and when I seen him on there, I mean, when I see, you know, when I was watching a show and he had all of his guests and people were saying, oh, Sean, you're doing the right thing. Oh, Sean, you did the right thing. But oh, you didn't, Sean, you didn't do anything wrong. It's like they're, they're, they're all watching out for his ass for some reason. Well, you do know that there were some people, there was already like Couric, I think, was taking some sponsorships away from him. So, you know, but anyway, uh, I wish we had more time. Uh, dang, Nabbit. Uh, so, uh, Kelly, do you mind if we see if uh, if Jim's still there with us? Or? Yeah, I'm I'm ba- I'm here. Uh, I'm here, Robert. I, oh, go ahead. I was just on the uh, uh, WLW. Dave uh, had had me calling over this. What we were talking about. And I passed some some of the stuff on that Cindy and others said on this call about Seinfeld. Cindy, I did not tell them about you dating that 32 year old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> Listen, Robert, right. I'll, just, uh, I'll just be quick uh, and uh, uh, 
uh, I think that there's pressure, just in one comment, there's pressure on Hannity. I don't know if it's anything to do with the movement's time slot or anything, but Jesse Waters, um, all of them are, are seem to be ready to throw Roy Moore overboard. I don't understand it they, they, unless they're getting told this guy is is we got to we got to get rid of him. We don't like him. I don't know what's happening. That they're all throwing him. We're ready to throw him overboard. But I don't even know if Waters and Hannity understand the nuances of the deep state enough to know how much they fear. Roy Moore, because like Trump, for maybe for different reasons, but he's incorrigible. They cannot push him around, and he's going to be one. I'll tell you one thing: if, if if Moore gets in the Senate, I will try to get to him to talk to him about the the vote fraud issue because he's a guy that would would you know he's a guy like they say that'll pick up a rock and throw it at the hornet's nest, like Rand Paul and like uh, uh, Trump, and they all have a way of getting attention. They're, they're interesting when they talk, so they get covered by at least somebody when they, when they talk, you know. Mm-hmm. So thanks again, and I'll yield the floor. Oh, uh, thank you very much, Jim. And, yeah, we'll definitely uh, – yeah, I'd love to hear more about the, just that interview you had with them. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it to Kelly, and then, unfortunately, I'll have to close thing, uh, do a real short closing uh, for tonight's show. Thanks, everybody. Go ahead, uh, go ahead Kelly. You know, we don't know the truth of the Roy Moore situation, but how convenient uh, that these supposed witnesses are coming forward. But I would have some advice for teenagers if they want to go into politics. Probably a good idea to either date a uh, preacher's daughter or a, or a missionary kid, um, which was I had both experiences. Heidi was a nice sweetheart, and I took her to the prom. And I think I was 17, and she was like 15. And afterwards, you know, we're kissing some, and, well, she, that was it. <laughs> she wouldn't let me kiss anymore. She wouldn't let me do anything more than kissing, and uh, so obviously she's not going to come forward and say, oh, why are you trying to look at whatever. And then I and, uh, dated a How do you know she wouldn't let you? <laughs> <clears throat> All right. And then I, well, somehow I was a virgin on my wedding day at age 30. I don't like really to share that very much, but I did marry a, uh, my first wife was a missionary type. And uh, it was a surprise because I was treating with absolute respect, a little bit of kiss here and there. She tried something on me once and I just, I had to go to a different room and I was like, I got to splash water on me. And like, let's not do that. Okay, listen, it's getting close. We're, we're going to get married, you know? So anyway, um, so if you're going to go into politics, either date Who a are you people? daughter, yeah. <laughs> date a preacher's daughter or a missionary, and uh, you probably won't have these problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And I tell, it's getting to the point, though, it, it, you know, where I feel, and I'm going to make this last comment, then I'll and have to end the show. Uh, but my, my, the, the more I follow politics, and you guys know I've been doing it for a long time, uh, even longer than the show, is. It's almost to the point where do we do we really expect people to have pristine backgrounds anymore to to be uh, you know a, a politician? I mean, no one. I mean, we don't, of course we want people to be uh, you know upstanding citizens, certainly. Um, Only if you're a Republican. It just, it just seems it just seems that you know we expect people to be perfect in order to be politicians. I think Trump exemplifies that, and, and he wants, so maybe maybe not as bad as we thought. But I don't know. Maybe it's only if you're a 